My name is James Rowlands, and in 2015, I started a WNR podcast with my friend, Dan Mike. And every month, we bring you the latest collections, newest content, 205 Live, and the crown jewel of the WNR NXT update. Also, each month, the latest pay-per-views, and we are live, not only for the Big Four, but every takeover as well. Plus, in 2019, we go back 20 years and witness the attitude rise and the WCW's demise. Until we've watched everything, we're with you, and we, we are, are the WNR. WNR. Yes, hello. I am James Rowlands, and as always, I'm joined by... Dan White. And today it's WNR216. It's WWE versus WCW, the Monday Night Wars. But before we do anything, let's start with the alternate intro. I see people. They don't know they are dead. Dead people? Like, in graves? In coffins? How often do you see them? Walking around like regular people. They don't see each other. You only see what they want to see. They don't know they're dead. All the time. They're everywhere. They only see what they want to see. How often do you see them? All the time. They're everywhere. And that is for the Sixth Sense, which of course came out 20 years ago. On to the proper intro. And in 1999, WCW and WWF were the two biggest wrestling companies in the world. And for the past couple of years, had traded the number one slot. But as the year started, it seemed WWF had a plan to continue its hugely successful Attitude Era, while WCW has seemingly lost the plot. Rather than focusing on younger talents like Booker T, Jericho, Benoit and the Super Over Goldberg, it instead pushed over-the-hill stars Hogan, Piper and Flair and continued the NWO even though it passed its peak. This year, the WNR podcast go back 20 years and witness WWE's rise and WCW's demise. This is WWE versus WCW, Monday Night War, April 1999. Well, we start off in WCW, and last time out it was spring break, but the old guard still stood firm. The Nature Boy was world champion, and Hogan and Nash were hot in his heels. WCW were still trying with Goldberg and Bret Hart, setting up a feud, and Booker and Mysterio featured in a prominent position. But for how long? And how would they fuck it up? Episode 186 of Nitro, and it's the... 5th of April. There will be an NWO battle royal for leadership of a dying black and white and Sting will talk. Hopefully something good happens. The ratings got a nice boost to a 4.3 off of two 4.2s and a 4.5. 
Clearly, WWF fans are not really tuning in during the first hour as much, but it did remain steady, so that's a big positive. Raw fell a bit off of a 5.5 and a 6.1. Well, we start Nitro and we've got a new beginning. I know a lot of people hate it, but I don't mind it, really. They're, they're changing up a little bit. What are your thoughts on the open? No, it's, uh, it's, it's a bit drum and bassy. It's, you know, it's a bit technical. Yeah, it is a bit more better. And we've got the new set, of course, as well. And even, uh, you know, a few other changes to Nitro. We've got the Nitro on in the middle of the ring now as well. So, you know, times are a-changing. And we are in uh, Las Vegas, of course. And Goldberg is walking into an office carrying the lotto thing that Flair used to pick a number. But that's not all, because I believe that is the one that was used in the 2006 Royal Rumble as well. Exactly. And any special kind of Battle Royal slash Royal Rumble... That would be the same one used as well. Shivani calls this brand new day. Oh, shit, we've heard this before. The announce table is by the ring now as well. Well, Gene calls out Goldberg and he has the lotto thing. Not too many Goldberg chants and an old WCW shirt. Tony comments on that. Well, he is getting cheers and Goldberg yells that since he's lost his belt, he has been given a load of crap. He was left off last month's pay-per-view and Flair will try to do it again. He's taking matters into his own hands. He has his own number drawing and everyone is in it, including Flair's. The man chosen is his next victim at the pay-per-view. And here comes Nash. Well, he tells Goldberg to back up. He may have something under his hockey shirt. Nash asks if he thinks he's getting a screw job, but everyone will remember that he ended his streak. Goldberg tells him not to live in the past as he's thinking about it here and now. Nash tells him that he doesn't need to worry about the opponent at the pay-per-view as he is it. Goldberg calls him calls it a Christmas present for him. Well, that's an interesting bit of build-up between these two, and Flair is looking at a monitor as Arn is on the phone. Flair tells him they need to solve something, etc. Yeah, and Ricky Ratchman is chilling out the WWE hotline. But right back, we're finding out at the next play for it's going to be Nash versus uh, Goldberg at Spring Stampede. But it's not really the build we're expecting, considering it happened at Stargate. You know? No, it's is it? Could it possibly be a bit of retribution for Goldberg? Uh, I think he needs it, but I would have thought they would have. They've, made it a little better storyline with him eventually going for the world title as well. Uh, but it's happening, you know, fair enough. So what happened between Goldberg and Brett then? Well, at the moment, nothing. You know, we've not seen anything since the spear. Brett and Nash, Nosh, Nash, Nosh. <laughs> Nash is mocking him. But there again, this is WSW for you. And Nash was involved in a feud with Mysterio. Now he's on to Goldberg now. Well, anyway, we go on to match one, and that's Kendall Wyndham versus Hack. Jesus, Shivani's drooling all over Chastity wearing a schoolgirl outfit, and it's not the only one. It's a kendo stick match. Hack takes kendo stick and puts it across his neck, finishes him off with a Russian leg sweep. It wasn't great either, though. He's walking in the back. He opens Flair's door and wants to know what Flair wants. Flair did not call for him, and Arn did not. Lex and Liz are sitting there, and Goldberg wants to know what the hell he's doing there. Or Arn finds Nash and tells him Flair wants to see him. Nash tells him to relax and wants to enjoy his coffee first. And we go on to match two and it's one of James's favourite, Conan, going against Liz Mark Jr. Yeah, Conan gets the crowd wired up, but he's, Conan is stuck in this kind of mid-card oblivion now, wrestling people like Liz Mark Jr. He hits a back kick and now the Bulldog, and that's the key to sunrise, Ole! Arriba la raza! We're getting bowdy bowdy. <laughs> But he's clearly going nowhere in WCW. Oh, well, I was just starting to like him. Well, Conan holds the move in for an extra moment after Lismark taps. Well, Flair is on the phone and Arn comes in and tells him Nash is coming. We were. Nash takes a moment as Flair wants to know where he is, but he shows up, they shake, 
and the door shuts. Ooh. Stan. Are they in cahoots indeed? Well, I'm sure it'll all come unraveled. But Nash is walking with Flair and they are laughing together. They shake hands and Nash turns and Hogan is right there. Hogan wants to know what that's all about. Nash assures him it's about business and money. Nash pats him on the shoulder and leaves. And now Nash is talking to Charles Robinson. The latest skedazzles when Hogan shows up. Hogan now wants to know why Nash is talking to that jabroni. Nash tells him that he's making sure that Charles is on the same page as them if he refs Hogan's match tonight. Hogan wants to know why he's not returned his calls. Well, Nash mocks Hogan, beating him up like in Atlanta. And Hogan responds that he was just women like Tory. Hogan thinks he has changed and Nash assures him that he's just tired. Hogan leaves and Nash has a funny face for Hogan after he departs. Well, here comes Flair and he brags about how he looks. Flair loves it when Gene calls out Goldberg and loves how Nash took up the challenge. Flair talks about the pay-per-view and is going to put the title up tonight against Hogan. Hogan hobbles out and Flair books it. Hogan is excited for the title match. Well, Flair tells him not to touch him before their match. Hogan and all his NWRites are tired of his leather belt and is willing to wait for Flair to get ready. Flair needs to know which one is the man and he knows it is him. Hogan disagrees as he and the Wolfpack are in the house and they will win back that title that was made for him and earned by him. Well, Flair responds that he's tired of hearing Hogan's name first and that would be the last time. Hogan responds that he will not give Flair a title shot when he wins tonight. Here comes DDP. He mentions the shitty chair shot from last week. He tells both that he's no love lost for either man. DDP wants a three-way dance tonight. Flair is willing to kick both low asses and DDP just wants to shut up and put the belt up. Hogan is willing to be in his corner and those two could be together in the corners and Hogan will beat both. Flair tells him to stay focused and tells him that it's between Flair and Hogan. And here comes Goldberg. <laughs> he wants it. it. Flair reminds him that he's the boss and he makes the decisions. Goldberg grabs him by the scruff of the neck and tosses him, telling him that he is indeed in the match. Flair stumbles to the floor and tells Goldberg that he is in trouble for touching him. When he tells the kid to shut up, Hogan and Goldberg glare at each other and Hogan tells him that he's in trouble and a marked man. Now Goldberg walks towards Hogan and they eye, they're, they're eye to eye. They're planning to take out DDP and Flair first and it'll just be the two of those the way it should be. And here comes Steiner. And he goes off from the crowd. He calls DDP white trash. Steiner thinks he is scared of him. Paige lied when he wanted revenge because he really wanted revenge. He would have entered the US tournament and fought him in the finals. Also, DDP agreed to the 30-day stipulation. Stipulation. And he never backed out of it. Agreed by not disagreeing. Well, he tells DDP that he does not need 30 days and nights to show his wife what a man he is. He only needs one night to show a big, bad, booty daddy. Now, he only wants her for one night and talks about freaks, etc. And it is match four and it is Scott Steiner versus Meng in the US title uh, in the US title tournament. I mean, fuck me. What a lot of talk that was just then to set up the main event. But at least they're setting up a main event, to be fair to him. Well, Shivani's threatened by Steiner and Steiner has a go at some fans. And Meng calls for the Togan death grip. He has it, but Steiner rakes the eyes, uppercuts him in the nuts, belly to belly. Now Meng has his foot on the ropes and Steiner pins him and Scotty uses the ropes. It was a fucked up ending, but still a fun match. And Sting is in the rafters. Well, our next match is Lenny Lane versus Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Ho! It's Duggan. I cannot root against him anymore. They show a recap of his thunder speech. Now he gets the crowd chanting, USA! USA! <laughs> well, Lane is getting obliterated both inside and outside the ring. 
Duggan gets caught coming back into the ring and stomped, but Lane is killed by a headbutt, put in a face lock. Duggan headbutts him in the chest a few times, then mounts and pounds him. He slams him and drops the knee. Well, it's nice to see Duggan again. I feel bad for, you know, always bashing him. But it's a long squash here, though. Yes, and we go on to match six, and it is the NWO Battle Royal for leadership of the NWO Black and Whites, I guess. Yeah, I mean, this is a dream match, really, for me. I mean, we talk about the NWO and what it, you know, what it started when uh, Scott... Oh, no, wait a minute. Vincent just got eliminated. I was oh. talking... You know, you talk about the NWO. When I think about Black and White and the NWO members, I think of these four guys. I think of Vincent. I think of uh, Brian, Brian Adams. I think of Horace Hogan, and I think of Stevie Ray, you know? The newly inducted Hall of Famer, Stevie Ray. At least one of these, yeah. It was for this that he was inducted into the Hall of Fame. Oh, no, it wasn't. It was Harlem Heat. No. Well, my pick's already gone. I thought Vincent would get the job Well, I think Horace is going to do it. Well, Hogan's always seemed to come out on top, didn't they? So, (laughs) and it looks like they're going to team up to take out Stevie Ray. And now double Irish whip. Oh, double back elbow. Yes, I mean... uh... These are the three guys remaining are not the original three NWO members. No. I the mean... original three NWO <laughs> members are now part of NWO Wolfpack. Yeah. Who was a good face, uh, was a good team, but turned bad and Hogan joined them. Well, now they want to change it again to the NWO Elite, which still leaves the black and white there. And, of course, the remnants of the Wolfpack as well. But you could have got no offence to Steve Ray. I know he's a Hall of Famer. But you could have got rid of all four men in this, in this, you know, released them and none would have mattered. You know, you put your, your talent out there. Did they really think any of these four were going to go anywhere in WCW? You know, no, again, tag team maybe with Stevie Ray. But with Brian Adams and what we've seen, whether it be DOA or the NWO, what a waste of time. Oh, wait a minute. Uh, Stevie Ray looking to eliminate Horace Hogan, but he manages to hold on. Slides back in under the bottom rope. Oh, now Horace with the low blow. Adams with the clothesline taking him down. You know, and people say, why are we watching this match? We've got to watch the best and the worst of WCW and see really why it went down. Maybe if all Horace Hogan was a future main eventer. Yeah, no. Well, now these two big dogs are going to go at it. Adams and Hogan. Oh, Tiltwell, back. Well, that's Tony Schiavone there. He seems to be enjoying himself on the new dawn of Nitro. Now we see Adams' power. His power's up, Horace. Looking to throw him over the top rope, but a thumb to the eyes. Helps him out, and Stevie Ray eliminates Adams. Oh, this gives Horace a chance, though. Oh, don't say. Don't say Horace is going to be the new leader. I called it. There's no bonus points here, but looks like Horace is going to get the job done. No, Stevie Ray lifts him over the top, and he is the new leader of the NWO, black and white. Can you dig that sucker, Stevie Ray, leader of the black and white? And I mean, we're going to now have a huge celebration for this match. You know? Black and white ticker tape coming down, and yeah, no, no, it just cut right back. DP yeah. warm up for his match. Okay, so DDP is stretching. He's uh, doing some yoga, DDP. Yeah, yoga. he's getting there. Up next is Saturn and Raven versus Mysterio and Kidman for the WSW Tag Titles. Well, Raven chucks Ray, who drop kicks Saturn in midair, but the ref is out. Ray leaps into a head scissors takeover, and out goes Raven. He leaps after Saturn, but is caught and killed with a Death Valley driver. The ref is still out. Malenko runs down and super- suplexes Saturn, 
and then Benoit hits a flying headbutt. Kidman wakes up the ref and Ray gets the pin. And these two great talents should be given a lot of time to be able to have a fantastic match and a story. But unfortunately, Steiner runs down with a chair and gets kicked in his head. Jericho runs at Booker and his back drops over the top and onto Steiner. And the ref randomly and Blakely calls for DQ on Jericho. Even Bobby and Tony are baffled. And that is saying something. Yes, indeed, yes. Well, at least make the pay-per-view a three-way dance. It was a shitty, shitty, shitty ending. Up next, it's Buff, Bad Buff Man is in, in action versus Bam Bam Bigelow. Well, Buff flexes and prances and dances and gets his ass handed to him. He charges and Bigelow lowers the ropes and out goes Buff. Here comes Hack. He uses the kendo stick on Bigelow and Chastity sprays the extinguisher. Buff is gagging and the ref starts to recover and Bigelow gets up and is finished via the blockbuster. You remember when Bigelow came in as a fortune force of nature for uh, you know fighting against Goldberg and then he'd been Nash. jobbed up. He had Nash and Bagwell. But at least Bigelow lost due to some shenanigans, which is my favourite word. And what about Buff's feud with Scott Steiner? What about it? <laughs> well, exactly. Like WCW say, say, what about it? Well, well Matt- it is a new WCW, so yeah. you know things have changed. Well, you know, it should be exciting. It's in the new set, and of course, we get ready for our main event. Well, it is now time for the main event. And that is Ric Flair, who is the champion. Yes, Ric Flair is the WCW champion, for those of you that have been sleeping or just didn't believe it beforehand. <laughs> or living under the rock. <laughs> if you smell the rock is cooking. And he is going against Hollywood Hogan, who hasn't been pushed enough. DDP, who certainly actually hasn't been pissed yeah, enough. And Goldberg, who kind of was pushed, stopped his push, missed a couple of pay-per-views, and is now getting a push on Nitro. Yeah, so, I mean, we'll see what happens here. We know Goldberg... If it makes sense, maybe Goldberg wins this one and then faces Nash for the title at Spring Stampede. Pre- Spring Stampede. Incredibly, as well, the pay-per-view... Is this Sunday? So we've had no build-up, really, for the pay-per-view or know what's going on. We know it's going to be Nash and Goldberg. But apart from that, we're not really sure. Exactly. So it's still tough, you know? With a new set, make a new fe- prominent feature. I feel Kevin Nash has been featured so heavily. But it's Goldberg who should be the man to be leading forward, like Tony says, to the new millennium. Well, so do you think, you know, looking back at what happened here, that... We could have actually, if we knew what was going to happen, we could have saved WCW. Yeah, without a doubt. I reckon we would have saved it, you know. If not, still made it, not made it like hugely pop- successful, popular, but... Or well, made it bigger than Impact. Yeah. But, but we, we, it could still be going now. Yeah. We could have had Goldberg as champ for the next three to four years, you know, going into 2003, 2004, and then we'll get the influx of people like Daniel Bryan and, and CM Punk, we'll get them in. And then we'll be like, right, yeah. Samoa maybe... Joe, exactly. AJ Styles, Randy Orton, John Cena. Exactly. So we'll make sure we, we sort ourselves out. But until that point, even now, you just want to see Goldberg Hogan again, maybe on pay-per-view. You know, get Flair out of the way. We'll have Gold Flair, you know. You talk about young faces, and it's Goldberg is probably the youngest face in this by country mile. But we have started, and it's Hogan and Flair going through the uh, 80s and 90s classics. And Goldberg and DDP just going through the 2000 classic of just brawling, going to the outside and having an absolute slugfest while Hogan and Flair are Irish whipping and chopping their way still in the ring. Oh, there we go. Flair back body drop. Hogan says he sees the error of his ways. <coughs> so I guess Hulkamania is right round the corner. And Goldberg just putting a hurt on Page on the outside. Uh-oh. 
And Flair hitting Hogan, but Hogan completely no-selling and hulking up. Uh, this is in 99 as well. It's classic. And uh, Hogan with a big right hand to Flair. This could be over. Big boot. Leg drop. Goes for the One, cover. two. No. DDP breaking it up. Well, we didn't actually see the leg drop because they were focusing on Paige and Goldberg, but I assume that's what Hogan hit. Paige and now just stomping it on Hollywood. Of course, he lost to... Uh, Hogan, just a couple of weeks ago on Nitro, seems to be busted open as well. So correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like Ric Flair's kind of made a heel turn. Hogan's made a slight face turn. And Goldberg's just still being his usual badass self. Yeah, Goldberg, yeah. And look, just picking up Flair, throwing him back in. But Goldberg needs a purpose. I think that's what he's missing out on at the moment. Well, he needs a target because before Rand, you know, he had the NWO and he's kind of running through them. But now it seems like... He's treading water. Yeah, without a doubt. You know, not being used at last pay for you. Would WWF not use Austin, even if he wasn't in the title match? They'd have him going against Scott Hall. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, they'd be used. And now uh, Hogan's got Goldberg on the outside. Bouncing his head off the guardrail. And a rake to the back. Goldberg's not wearing his leather gloves. Uh, Hogan's not wearing his leather gloves. Hogan's changing. We've seen that a lot. And Flair upside down bump on the... Clothesline down, but again, Irish whip. Diamond car. And DDP's going to put Flair away. One, two, no. Goldberg sees it, drags DDP out the ring. So, so far, Hogan's hit his finisher on Flair. DDP interrupted. DDP hit his finisher on Flair. Goldberg interrupted. So, by all logical counts, Goldberg should hit his finisher on Flair and Hogan interrupts. Right, oh, wait a minute. Hogan throwing Flair off the top. Classic Flair bump. And then starts whipping him with his weightlifting belt. Threatens Charles Robinson, who begs off and goes back to whipping Flair. Well, I've no doubt Charles and Flair are in cahoots. It seems that way, yes. And Hogan puts the belt back on. Flair hits a low blow. Right in front of the referee, just as I was saying that. Yeah, but it's a fatal four-way, so he can't get counted out anyway. He can't get DQ'd. Well, uh, yeah, they didn't specify them They rules. didn't DQ Hogan for using a legal weapon. They always let Hogan use a belt. And now all four men back in the ring. As the fans chant, we want Sting. Well, we and know he's not in this match, <laughs> but in the rafters. We know he's here tonight. They like their blonde-haired uh, wrestlers, don't they? <laughs> yeah. Hogan now going to go Irish whipping Goldberg. Clothesline takedown, goes for the cover. Goldberg kicking out. Oh, Flair with the atomic drop on DDP. Hogan with the inside cradle. And this might be it now. Flair's down. Hogan and Page fight slowly on the outside. It seems like they're waiting for their spot. <laughs> this fatal four-way is quite reminiscent of uh, a female's fatal four-way match. You know, you can see they're all looking over their shoulder, waiting for their spot. And it doesn't seem like it's flowing fluidly. When you consider the talent involved, you know, the Flair... Trying to be able to call the action. It is just, it's gone to pot a little bit and Flair's got the chair now. Goldberg fighting back with Hogan. Flair with the chair, looking to get in there, but gets dragged out by DDP. Flair then kicks DDP into barricade. And now Hogan and Goldberg are screwing off in the ring. I think that was a bit of age there. It doesn't matter anyway. Both men still brawling out by the ring. Goldberg and Hogan in. And like you said, it's Hogan versus Goldberg for the World Championship. They still can't move the needle in the ratings and the fans are chanting for Sting. Just shows you what the programming doing at the moment. 
Well, now she's on the commentary desk with Shivani and Heenan, and now it's Paige and Flair's gone over there with Hogan brawling as well. This is completely broken down at the moment. And again, another huge We Want Sting chant goes up through the crowd. Poor Brain being told to sit down in the camera's way. Bailing apart from Nash, who then mocks the other two for bailing out. DDP looking for a cover on Goldberg, but Hogan breaking it up. Oh, Paige trying to send Goldberg into the turnbuckle, but he holds on. Went for the cover, but just took too long. Paige easily kicked out. Uh-huh. Our four men have made their way back into the ring. I think possibly for the first time this match since it started. Oh, no. Flair's gone again. Oh, no. <laughs> Spoke too soon. Match gone on for about half an hour. Yeah, it's only 16 minutes as well. It's just mental about it. We've only been watching for about 10 minutes and it feels about half hour. Hogan now might be putting Goldberg away. But, Goldberg, uh, but Hogan panned him into the crowd. Goldberg stands up straight away. Super kick to G- Hogan. DDP with a lariat takes down Goldberg. Goes for the cover, but Goldberg managing to kick out. Oh. Goldberg reversing the suplex attempt. Hits a jackhammer. Goes for the cover. One, two. Oh. No, Hogan breaking it up. So Goldberg had it one there, but Flair's back in the ring. And Paige reversing Goldberg. Oh, Goldberg hitting the spear out the Irish whip. Flair doing a strut and a pose. Goldberg's locked and loaded. Hits the f- spear on Flair. Well, that's two men hit and Hogan stumbling to his feet. He gets hit with a spear as well. A Goldberg- Goes for the cover on Hogan. Two. No, Hogan managing to kick out. Oh. And look how strong Hogan is. He's getting up before Goldberg. An irate from Hogan to Goldberg. He's going to try and suplex Goldberg. Can't get him up. Goldberg manages to get Hogan up. Hits the jackhammer. One, two. Oh, and Nash missed his cue to get in. Hogan's been there monitor. Why? So Sting has taken Goldberg's place. It looks like Macho is doing the voiceover to tell us what the main event of Spring Stampede will be. Man, he's doing the voiceover, but he's going to be the referee as well. Well, the Macho man's going to make his presence felt. And Sting's here. And what a weird way to end Nitro. And just by showing up on the show, he's got himself into the main event of the next pay-per-view. Yeah, I know. I know a bit weird. Despite being AWOL for a while. And he takes one of the only men that actually deserves to be in the heavyweight title picture, Goldberg's place. <sighs> well, despite the botch of the main event before we get the pay-per-view, or perceived one, I guess it's perhaps Hogan wanted to kick out. Uh-huh. What about the Bret Hart incident? Nothing? Or Buff and Steiner? Now DDP has a feud with him, but is in the main event of the pay-per-view. It does seem a bit odd. Nash and Goldberg need to blow off their feud, but if anything, those two deserve to be in the main event fighting for the title. So, as usual, there are shenanigans and loose ends. The Jericho match was really disappointing, and I'm unsure if Bischoff knows he is leaving yet. His contract still has nearly 60 days. Despite the issues, the show was fun-ish. I like the new look. It flowed somewhat smoothly. But they do have a lot of loose ends they need to kind of connect and tie up. So we move on to the paper. It's the 11th of April and it's WCW Spring Stampede 1999 in Tacoma, Washington. Well, there's a few key points here. Hogan, Deeding all look to take the WCW World Heavyweight title from the nature boy, Ric Flair. Four months after the end of his streak, Golbo finally gets a chance to avenge his loss against Kevin Nash. And Disco has mocked Conan's new rap. So now Conan... Wants revenge. Your hosts are Tony Schiavone, Mike Tanay, and Bobby the Brain Heenan. 
And our first match on this pay-per-view is Blitzkrieg versus Juventud Guerrera. Yeah, the winner, winner was Juventud Guerrera. A super fun opening contest. They both went balls to the wall and they finished with one of the sickest things I've ever seen. Blitzkrieg was really sloppy at points, but overall we hung well with Hoovy. And we get a hardcore match. It is Hack with Chastity versus Bam Bam Bigelow. And the winner, Bam Bam Bigelow, who lost to Buff Bagwell. Yeah, I mean, I loved the first couple of minutes of this match, but once they went to the ring, they had every hardcore style match you had ever seen in 1999. It was solid, but nothing spectacular at all. And up next is a, another match that's had a lot of build, I suppose. Scotty Riggs versus Mikey Whipwreck. Well, you win it with Scotty Riggs, and in 1999, if you were looking for guys to have a way-long squash match with on pay-per-view for no reason, Mikey Whipwreck was your guy. Dull match, and it did nothing for Riggs. And up next, it is the ultimate feud rap, uh, feud match. After Disco Inferno mocked Conan's new rap entrance. Will Conan get revenge? Well, he certainly did. And it was a solid match. They kept it simple. Everything looked crisp and the last few minutes were quite good. A bit surprising considering who the two guys were in the match. Uh, WWE Cruiserweight Championship, Rey Mysterio Jr. versus Billy Kidman. Your winner and still Cruiserweight Champion, Rey Mysterio. The crowd was dead for this one, which was unfortunate because this match was really good. In front of a hot crowd, this probably could have been something special. And up next is Chris Benoit and Dean Malenko with Arn Anderson versus Raven. And the winners, Chris Benoit and Dean Malenko. This was an energetic and chaotic tag match. People adore this match, but I feel like the heat segment wasn't all that great. And I didn't like the table and chair spots in the match at all. It's not a classic or anything, but it was still a super fun match to watch. Uh, the US Championship Tournament Final, Scott Steiner versus Booker T. Winner and new US Champion, Scott Steiner. Solid match. I enjoyed the hell out of Steiner's antics. And Booker brought good energy to the match. This was a rock-solid affair. Man, one. And Kevin Nash with Miss Elizabeth and Lex Luger versus Goldberg. Yeah. So arguably, WWE Spring Stampede is WWE's last greatest pay-per-view, I guess, with everything that came along. And this is definitely a main event that we want to see Goldberg versus Nash. And, of course, we're going to get two main events here with the WWE two. title on the line afterwards. But Goldberg versus Nash, they've built it up. Is this still a big match, Dan? It is, isn't it? You know, It probably would have been a big match a few months ago, but now it's kind of lost all meaning as soon as they both guys, well, Hogan was kind of feuding with Brett, and that just stopped after Brett stopped Goldberg's spear. And Nash was feeding with Rey Mysterio, and that kind of just stopped. And the problem is, Nash, who just went, yeah, hey, oh, is not a heel either. So going against Goldberg, it's taken away from the reaction Goldberg's going to get because he's a facey heel type of guy, isn't he, Nash? Is Nash not a heel now? Well, no. Is, he, the... is he kind of trying to rip off what DX do now? No, I think Nash has been doing it for a long time. I think that's my problem with Nash in the past couple of years is that it could because you look at the cool factor of him like kind of mocking people, joking away. Even when we go back to the Four Horsemen thing, like I said, it's a DX thing of trying to be cool, but should Nash really be trying to be that? Should he just try and be like kind of a monster in a weird way and put Goldberg over? I know Nash has got the kind of book at the moment and he's kind of doing it, but he's putting himself as a threat, yet he's acting well, you know? So I want to see a more serious side of Kevin Nash, and then I'll take him more seriously myself. Yeah, I see your point. And now Goldberg and Nash finally going to clash. There'll be no Scott Hall tonight, hopefully. And hopefully the match won't be Gash when Scott Hall and Kevin Nash. Well, clash. Scott Hall, oh, sorry. Scott Hall, of course, uh, lost to Goldberg back in January as well. It sold out in a, a ladder match, which is brutal for Goldberg. 
We've got Luger and Miss Elizabeth in Nash's corner. And they, they start off with a test of strength. Nash gets the better hand of it and gets Goldberg into the corner with a flurry of knees to the midsection. Well, Nash is going to carry a lot of confidence into this film because, like I said, he's the only man to defeat Goldberg. No one else can say that. And just imagine if he goes 2-0 here tonight. Well, now Nash with a big boot in the corner just choking out Goldberg. And Kevin Nash now with huge shots in the midsection. Well, it has, all, it has all been Nash so far in the early goings of this as he lines Goldberg up, ready. Big elbow in the corner. And the crowd looking off, maybe looking for some shenanigans in the crowd. Maybe Scott Hall making the appearance. Like I said, you had uh, Bam Bam Bigelow run out last time around Disco Inferno. Tonight with Lex Luger, you got to, you know, pretty sure he might be getting involved. But at the moment, he doesn't need to because it's been Nash. Or Bret Hart. Liz is getting on the apron to distract Kevin Nash, who has uh, to distract the referee. Even though Kevin Nash has the upper hand on Goldberg, he still has to use cheap shots unnecessarily. Does that show how worried Kevin Nash is about Goldberg, though? Like he has to resort to those type of tactics? He beat the giant pretty cleanly, didn't he? Like, you well, know, I think it shows that Kevin Nash is weak as opposed to Goldberg needing to, make to be look stronger. And therein lies a problem. A clothesline to Goldberg. Nash goes to the cover, but only a... No, he, he did get to... He got two. Two. To the corner. Goldberg bounces out. Gets thrown into the opposite corner. Tilt a while. Sidewalk slam from Nash to Goldberg. Goes for the cover. Only gets a two. Two. And Goldberg got it taken out of him by Kevin Nash. Choking him on that second rope. Now going to come running in. <coughs> and all of that 300 plus pound frame coming down on Goldberg. 400. Is the best big man in the sport today. I mean, there's an argument there, but Nash looking to put away Goldberg with a big boot. The Goldberg ducks it, comes back with a huge flying tackle. Takes out Nash. Rolls up to get to his feet before the big man. Well, now Goldberg's got hold of Kevin Nash. Well, there's like a arm drag suplex there. Well, I don't think Goldberg's finished there yet. Nash tries for the rights and left, but Goldberg's just quicker at the moment. Ducking everything Nash has to offer. Hitting back with his own. Finally hitting a super kick. And now the crowd getting to the feet. I think everyone knows what happens next. And Goldberg's looking for the spear. And Liz and Luger don't look happy at ringside. Comes. Oh, Nash leapfrogs Goldberg. Goldberg hits the referee. Oh my God, he just killed a ref. And now Luger with a chair. Straight across the back of Goldberg. Oh, not like this. Not outside interference again. Goldberg struggling to get to his feet. And now Kevin Nash. Looking to go, looking to load Goldberg up for the uh, jackknife powerbomb. Uh-oh, straps are coming down. You know what that means. He means business. But is the jackknife still illegal? No, he just, he, they dropped that quietly after he just kept going on about it. Oh, my God. But Goldberg getting back and he's got a handful of Nash's nuts. Inverted atomic drop for him. Followed by a big pump kick. The referee slowly gets to his feet. Goldberg hits the spear. And what happens after the spear, Dan? Well, James, he goes psycho and rolls up the crowd a bit. And can he put Kevin Nash away and get a bit of revenge? He's going to jack him up, hammer him down. One, two, three. And despite the interference, Goldberg gets his retribution. 
too little too late. Well, he gets his redemption and he gets his revenge. What did you think of that match, Dan? It wasn't bad. I think, hopefully, you know, I'd like to see this as emergence of Bill Goldberg and his way back to the WCW Championship. Without a shallow of a doubt. Let's hope they go that way, you know, because it's been interesting times. Nash made the right choice for him to lose. And now Goldberg will be looking on at the winner of tonight's main event. But who would it be? Would it be Ric Flair, Hulk Hogan, DDP or Sting? Let's find out. The Macho Man Randy Savage promised that he would be the special referee for this matchup. This Four Corners World's Heavyweight Championship bout. And he also promised that there would be a winner. If you're Ric Flair and you're the world champ, you can lose the match and not even be involved in the 1-2-3. The Macho Man Randy Savage, he's been friend and foe of all four men who will buy for the title. Sting and Flair, Hogan and DDP. What will it be? Who will it be? There must be a winner. DDP, he's going after the legs of Hogan. They try and use a variation of the figure
at the beginning, obviously, all four men could have won it, and then when it went down to the three, again, all three guys could have won it. I would have been happy if either Sting or DDP walked out champion, and DDP does. Exactly, so DDP is the champion, Goldberg has beaten Nash, and we've seen a couple of great matches, you know, in the undercard as well, so a really good pay-per-view from WCW. So we move on, the next episode of Nitro, episode 187, it's the 12th of April. After a goodish pay-per-view, we can hopefully follow up with some great Nitros. Savage is back, Hogan is gone in three months, and his return will drive out Savage about six weeks later. Oh, well that is in the future. Well, Nitro got near 4.5 off of 4.4, 4.1 and 4.6, we'll receive a 6.25 of a 6.3 and a 6.2. They show DDP with the belt eating from a catered table. Savage is with George, tells him that he owes him. DDP ignores him. And after Savage leaves, he is blindsided and utterly destroyed by Steiner. And they will fight later tonight. Ricky's hosting as a DJ now. Oh, fuck me. Well, here comes Sting. He's glad to be back and glad to be back in black. So many people have tried to take out the Stinger, but all have failed. He is here to say so many wrestlers are fly-by-night. Some are champs, some have the power, and he shows his palm. Warrior. Well, some claim they have built WCW, but Sting disagrees because he's been there the longest through thick and thin. This house was not built by the so-called hardest working man in WCW, DDP. Things are going to be different now from now on, and he calls out DDP. And if he has anything hanging between his legs, he will answer the call. Well, match one is Juventud Guerrero versus Rey Mysterio for the WWE Cruiserweight title. They exchange holds and fly around. He goes up, but it's crotched. Rey goes to work, but Dean and Benoit run down and attack Rey, and they put the boots to him. Here comes Raven and Saturn. They destroy Benoit Malenko, who flee. Well, it's not a bad match, and the tag division is starting to get a bit interesting after kind of a bit of a hiatus for the past two, three years. And Shivani wonders why Kidman did not come out to help. They help Ray up and he shoves Saturn and they fight, but the camera pans off and Tony Random says, we are out of time. Well, Jimmy Hart is talking to Hugh Morris about being the new king of hardcore. Hat comes in and gives him some pointers and hits him with a kendo stick. So Morris giggles and takes out a technician with one while he giggles. Well, they show the Toronto scene with Brett. He's on the show. They talked about last night's Ray Thunder. Brett has talked about quitting it's a crying shame what the WF did to him, but a crying shame for what WSW did not to do not to do with him. He's really quit because he never got an opportunity WSW. Well, they would not be showing that if he had really quit anyway. Yeah, it's just Brett spitting out his dummy. <clears throat> but we go on to match two, which is Humorous versus Bam Bam Bigelow. You know the Bam Bam Bigelow that Buff Bagwell beat. Exactly, but you thought you know Goldberg, Kevin Nash, people like this know he's fighting Hugh Morris. And Morris sets off a table and puts Bigelow partially on it. And whacked him with a stick a few times. Bigelow's on the table. Morris goes up and misses no laughing matter. Bigelow goes up and does not miss a flying headbutt and gets the win. Yay. Well, that was decent. Hart runs in, hits him with a stick, and Bigelow takes it from him and chases him off. Bigelow is pursuing him. Here comes DDP. He's all happy about being the champion. He's sorry about the knee. Gene thinks it's sarcastic. DDP claims that he's not, and he wishes Hogan was there to see him win the title. Gene asks about Sting. The fans erupt. DDP talks about his heart and thriving for competition, and they are alike. Well, Sting deserves a shot at the title tonight, but he cannot give it to him tonight, and the fans boo. He has to face Steiner tonight, and he tells the fans he's calling the shots. He's going to show him that size does not matter. He's going to kick his teeth in because he is the new champ. 
Crowd is fairly indifferent, but DDP recovered quick from his ass kicking. Well, here comes Flair, and Tony informs us that Piper is here too. Flair is fired about losing the title. He's fired up about losing the title. He does not think Paige should have won, and therefore the title is held up. Gene does not think he has the power, but Flair disagrees, and he's holding it up. Paige is not coming out? Well, Randy is instead. Flair welcomes Savage. Savage is the paper and finally gets out that he has signed a piece. He has a signed piece of paper from Flair. Savage calls himself a heartthrob and a showstopper and the cock of the walk. And well, what happened? Got the cock bit right. <laughs> and what happened last night was final. Gene tells Flair that his signature. Savage mocks Flair and tells him the world is coming down on him. Flair gives him a reality check and tells him that he's not reinstated and will sit home and collect a check. Well, Savage will not get in on his power base and he will not be able to clean the toilets. Now, whose world is crumbling? Charles Robinson mocks him and tells him he's not a ref and calls George a bimbo and she slaps the shit out of him. Flair tells Savage to move while he can. Savage wants to wrestle more than life itself at the next pay-per-view. His girl will fight Flair's girl. And he points at Charles Robinson, and if she wins, Savage is back in. Wow, so huge news there. So if Charles Robinson loses his match, well, Flair agrees. Here comes Sting. Sting is fired tonight. Arn calms him down and tells him that no one is scared of him, and he will be out too. Sting is fine with that and calls Flair a punk. Flair calls himself a president, and Sting cannot fly around, etc. Sting screams at him and tells him that he's on tonight, and pushes it into Flair's and screams. They woo at each other, and Flair is a bit scared. And swiftly on to match three, it's La Parker and El Dandy versus the Master Blasters. Yeah, they come out with Jimmy Hart and they wear pantyhose on their heads. Jesus Christ. Blaster shoves Dandy down and now Parker is in and they go at it. Nash has come down and tells him to wait a minute. He has something to say and tells him to hit the bricks. They come at him one at a time and all eat big boots. Danny is powerbombed. Blaster is clotheslined out and the other three are powerbombed. He replays what happened last week with him talking to Flair and Hogan questioning it. The business was that if Flair came out of Nitro with the belt and then at the next pay-per-view, Nash gets a title shot. DDP will pay the price for what he did to Hogan last night. Poor Goldberg. <laughs> so Goldberg had nothing to do with it. Uh, match for Psychosis versus Kidman. Uh, it's been a bit more than three minutes. They've gone back and forth. Kidman gets two. Two. After a flying crossbody, he goes up, but it's caught with Frankenstein off the top rope and nearly pinned. And now Kidman bulldogs him for two. Two. Kidman missing the corner after whip. Psychosis got for a powerbomb, but it's face parted, planted, and the shooting star press finishes him off. Really fun match. Goldberg. He's all upset and sick of being screwed. Now to Bret Hart. Gene reminds us of his retirement. Goldberg responds that Hart is out of his mind and he better be out of the country. He is now the hunter and will find Bret Hart. Now to Lex Luger, and he has stuck his nose in the business for the last time. We will knock it off his nose. He does not care if DDP has a title, but it does congratulate him. Now to Lex Luger, he stuck his nose in the business for the last time. He will knock it off his nose. He does not care if DDP has a title, but it does congratulate him. It would not matter if the president of King Kong had it, but then he states that even without the belt, he is the champ. And on to match five, it's Booker T, who is the champion. Going against Rick Steiner for the TV title. Yeah, Rick is whipped into the ropes and caught and nearly killed in a bad way, but Rick recovers and slams him down. The ref is knocked out and Rick goes up top and Stevie slapjacks him and Rick stumbles into the Harlem kick and it's all all over. And it was a bit of a non-stop brawl for nearly five minutes. Steiner comes down, does his thing, 
He's the greatest champion in the world. DDP did not impress him by winning the title last night. DDP is not strong or smart enough. And he is also white trash. After tonight, he is going to take Kimberly and show her that size does matter. He's going to take his world title and change his world. He's not making sense, but finishes that he will do whatever he pleases. When does Scott Steiner ever make sense anyway? Uh, and match six is Kenny Chaos going against... Goldberg! So Goldberg is here. We've seen a lot, again, a lot of talking on this Nitro. And it looks like Nash is annoyed that Flair is no longer champion because he was due a title shot. John and Nash is upset by that. Goldberg doesn't care about any of that. He just wants a piece of Bret Hart who's retired. So, in wanting a piece of Bret Hart, he gets a piece of... Well, let's see how long this match takes, because uh, we know Kenny Chaos, you know, a great uh, tag team wrestling WWE at the time. So, it's going to be a serious, you know, serious challenge for Goldberg. Let's not forget about high voltage. So, this is going to be a difficult match, but he's, Goldberg's got the arm of Kenny. Oh, rolls it through. Gets the knee bar locked in. And this is a more serious Goldberg, maybe may going back to the way he was when he first started showing a more aggressive nature as well, even though he was all pretty intimidating, to be fair. Well, he seemed pretty intimidating when he uh, took down Kevin Nash. So has Goldberg, has he improved as an in-ring performer? Uh, I think he has, but there's still stuff. Maybe he's trying, maybe he's just trying, you know, a standard set of moves to try and perfect them, you know, as opposed to moving into other things. Like I said that the sidekick that he uses would end some, you know, a person's career that we talk about later on in the year. So you would think, you know, as for his selling and that, does Goldberg really need to do much because he's that kind of intimidating factor, isn't he? You know, it's kind of old school style about him. There's Kenny Chaos now trying to, well, make a load on, but Goldberg no selling it. And then Bill powers him up onto the shoulder, slams him down. It's one of my favourite Goldberg moves. The gorilla press into like the slam, isn't it? And it just shows how powerful Goldberg is. And we often comment on wrestlers not, you know, they're pandering and not keeping focused on the, their opponent. But I think Goldberg's one of the wrestlers that he doesn't need to keep focused and powered onto him because he knows that they're anyway. As yeah. he picks him up, pump handle. Fuck it, that was very good. Pump handle overhead suplex. And now we see the look in Goldberg's eyes. He loads up for a spear. Well, you can see the crowd getting to their feet. They absolutely love this moment. You can see the tendency in Goldberg's eyes, and he's just hit the spear. Well, Dan, what happens after that? He helps him to his feet, points at the referee, and hammers him down. One, two, three. My God. <coughs> well, that's Goldberg at his best there, isn't it? You know, really running through Kenny Chaos as if he was nothing. And uh, I think it just shows you talent and uh, uh, the excitement that Nitro can build upon you know the problem is is that with Goldberg he needs to be featured more prominently in a better position and where is he going in the card but anyway as for the next match as well we'll move along with Nitro and it was set early in the night wasn't it between uh, Flair and Sting just kind of out of random as well these two men featured at the pay-per-view last night even though these two men are kind of the guys who Built Nitro. Who would you say who had more credit at helping WCW out? Would it be Sting or would it be Flair? Because he's been a stalwart. Where Ric Flair, you know, he's kind of honed his craft elsewhere. Sting's kind of like a WCW original. 
Yeah, but Flair's held the titles for, you know, 16 times, you know. But we, we, you know, we go on to say it's not about the titles you hold, it's about the moments that you make. He's made more better moments than Flair has. Yeah, people was waiting for Flair to return and they was pandering for him, but he's also doing the same with Sting as well. As these two men faced off on the very first episode of Nitro, as you see Sting there come back, Gorilla pressing Flair down. Wolfpack Sting didn't really last that long, did it? You know, the red face paint that we saw, maybe a few months. Do you think that was a misstep in Sting's career? Did you enjoy Wolfpack Sting? Um, I enjoyed the Wolfpack as a whole. They, they was my preferred stable. But, you know, I think they could have gone on for a bit longer. There was, uh, there was a, a bit more that they could have done. You know, they could have had... Uh, war Games. War Games. They could have had a War Games match between the two teams. Like, you know, for brand supremacy... One lives, one dies, and then, like, you know, you could have had kind of like a a few people jumping ship, like Hogan and Nash jumping ship to the Wolf Pack and kind of eradicating that and taking that over in the dying moments of War Games. But, you know, I think they, they missed the beat with that. But I think this thing is still really popular with the crowd, and when you consider he's one that kind of beat Hollywood Hogan back in Starcade Night 7 and then really got a shot to prove himself, maybe this time Sting wants to show that he can still go as well, you know, so... Be interested to see if the Sting has still got it as well, being around for so long. Charles making the camp only a two count. Two. And Charles Robson in charge yet again. I mean, is that questionable there by uh, WCW? Flair still thinks he's a president, but he's obviously not. Looks like Macho might be calling a few shots. I think it's kind of irrelevant at this time. I know you do need um, a leader of some sorts for WCW, but... You know, it's it's, it's weird because Flair, the power, he saw the power go to his head when he became president of WCW. Kind of uh, fucked him up, really, you know, ultimately in the long run. Yeah, he's not really been the same since either. He's acting kind of an artly here tonight about his World Heavyweight Championship as he takes a step out of the ring to try and get some time back. Huge Ric Flair sucks chant going through the crowd. The fans that was pandering for his return and uh, wanted him to become champion are now turned on him mere months after he became champion. But it's proof that, you know, Sting and Flair were both over in their own right. You know, the crowd going it were into it. But the problem was the people at home maybe think Sting versus Flair is too long. I personally quite like the way Nitro changed a little bit. If you can have a, a like a really long Sting versus Flair match, it shows you the difference. Because with the Attitude Era, it's kind of bang, 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 isn't it? You know, little moment after moment, moment. And with this, it can show you a different style. Be like, no, we're into more longer matches, you know. But we was complaining, you know, even in the intro, it's like pushing the over the hills Flair, over the hills Hogan. And yet Flair gets a 15, 20-minute long match. Whereas, you know, that spot could have gone to... Someone who deserved it a bit more. You know, Rey Mysterio. I know Goldberg doesn't need long matches to prove his point. But, you know, Rey Mysterio, Chris Jericho, Booker T. They could have had a better, longer match. And even someone like Bret Hart, you know. And Bret Hart, they didn't, they've done nothing with him since really coming over to WCW. Uh, and you consider now he's been there over a year and a bit. Which is quite incredible in itself. He then have the hottest angle that he did with Goldberg. When he you know knocked him out and then he quits and he turned to take all the heat away from it as well. So it kinda of doesn't make sense what they're doing at the moment. Oh most definitely, yeah. It's uh it is a bit of a clusterfuck. I think, you know, they need they've got too many people like who have creative control. Yeah. And they're throwing too much at it and they're they're trying yeah. to be used 
the same. You know, like I said, Hogan's now away for free, but when he does come back, it's the return of Hulkamania, baby. So you talk about in 1999 as well. Yeah, and, you know, whereas the Attitude Era, yeah, it, it may be, like, you know, shorter matches, but it's simplistic. You know, it is, it's doing it simply, but doing it very, very well. And it is putting across the stories, and it's kind of concluding them stories as well. And, you know, you're getting decisive results and decisive finishes, whereas, you know, these... Well, I think the two main differences, really... First off, we know who's in charge when it comes to Raw and WWF with Vincent Mann. You know, you're not asked a question who's in charge, who's making the matches. It is Vincent Mann. And secondly, every character in WWF and Raw has a point and a goal. Even if it's Al Snow with a hardcore championship means the world to him. And it's even, you know, like I said, put them in the matches and just trying to make the best of the situation. Situation. You know, and it's just not working in the long term as well. So it affects them in that way. As Sting had the figure four flare, but he managed to escape. And now it's flare on the attack. The old Ric Flair-like knife-edge chops to Sting, but Sting is just psyching him up. Turns it round and delivers a few kicks and punches to Flair in the corner. Oh, and Anson up in the apron, taken down by Sting. Ric Flair looking for an Irish whip. But, oh, Sting coming to for a Stinger splash. Oh, and Anderson pulling him out of the way into safety. Sting hits nothing but turnbuckles. And now Charles Robson checking on Flair and Arn Anson on the attack. And the blade throws Sting in, maybe for Flair to capitalise. Rick Flair with a blatant low blow. Was Charles Robinson looking the other way? You know, uh, a pro- of course he wasn't. Charles Robinson and Flair are in cahoots. I don't know how many times I have to say this. There's so much shenanigans going on here, especially with Anderson at ringside. This is not a fair fight. This is a three-on-one match. It is indeed, yes, as Ric Flair attempts to suplex Sting over the top rope to the outside, but Sting reverses it, brings Flair in the hard way. Drops a splash, but Flair with the knees up. Knees up, Mother Brown. And now Flair going to go up. And of course, as he goes up top, he is always successful. No, he is always not successful as Sting catches him and just throws him three quarters of the way across the ring. He threw him all the way across the ring there. Now Charles Olsen telling Flair to get to his feet. Look, he said, come on, get up. That's cheating. Flair have a headlock takedown. Sting tying his head up. Both men going backwards and forwards. Sting bridging out, powering up. Great test of strength. Looking for the backslide on Flair. One, two... Oh, Charles Robinson's counting Flair's shoulders as well. I don't think he would have counted a three there. I'm, I'm not sure Flair begging off now. But Sting bounces out the corner after the Irish whip. Oh, and Flair again managing to kick out. Oh. Okay, another low blow. Did Charles Robinson see that or not? I think he was sneezing at the time. <laughs> oh, he's sneezing. If you look at his face, he was like... <gasps> oh, right. Well, Flair with a suplex to Sting vertical suplex the power of flair that he still has when you said, sting oh. bouncing straight up to his feet i'm about to say we consider be wrestling for like 10 15 minutes flair's he's so animated it's brilliant and again for the third or fourth time in this match sting no sled selling the chops no effect whatsoever and sting saying is that all you got could you imagine this Sting going up against Hulk Hogan when he's not selling? I mean, it would be just a no-sell mania. 
But can you, can you imagine this Sting versus an Undertaker? Like, wouldn't that be a dream That would match? have been brilliant, yeah. And this Sting at the moment, he's definitely bringing it. Huge Singer splash in the corner. Now he's placing Flair up on the top turnbuckle. And he's taking Flair all the way up. Superplex. What's on Anderson doing? Slowly crawling up the side of the ring. Well, they don't call him the enforcer for nothing, but Sting went for the cover. Flair managing to kick out. Ah. And now Sting going to go Scorpion Deathlock, but Anderson distracts him. Well, the distraction might be enough. Flair ducks Sting, who comes diving in. Sting hangs himself up on the top rope. Flair looking for the figure four. If he bridges out, he could get the figure eight. Well, oh, no, Charlotte, sorry. Well, he's got it in, and Sting's caught. Cool. And now with the assist from Arn Anderson as well. Showdown. He has to kick out. Oh. And for a second time they go down for a two. Two. And oh. Oh yeah, Macho Man's coming. <laughs> well, the Macho Man's coming to help. He's going to hit Arn Anderson and then the tree and then Stephanie. Ooh, well, yeah. takes out Arn Anderson. And Flair's got the figure four in. Well, he wants to make it as even match as possible. Sting reverses the figure four. Is he just against Flair? I, well, you see what happened last night costing Flair. And Flair will, doesn't want Savage back in WCW. I can see a Flair Savage match. Scorpion death drop. Oh, come on, Charles, count it. And uh, Charles counts it. One, two, three. <coughs> see, he's a fair and referee. He was intimidated by Sting, and that's the only reason he did it for. Now Anderson coming in and getting his comeuppance. And on Anderson's tapping out like a bitch. And Sting there proving a point. It makes Sting look really good. Yeah, as you were saying earlier, this Sting going against an Undertaker would be a fucking amazing match. It would be. I mean, this Sting, he, he looks like he's come back with an ambition to kind of bring it. And we saw it at Spring Stampede. We've definitely seen it here in the Flair match. I mean, what a joy to have on a night trial. I know we bashed WSW a lot. But that was really entertaining, wasn't it, you know? You can even see Charles Robinson. He's so upset that he's had to count Flair for the three. It's brilliant. And it kind of plays into it. And, you know, I know dirty referees, they're a bit played out. But, you know, back then, it, it's, I think it's quite fun. 24 DDP's WCW title. Yeah, so it's not a winner-take-all. But first, here comes Rowdy Roddy Piper. He's at the announce table. And Kimberly comes out with DDP. Ooh. And uh, we've seen these two men brawling as they head into an ab break. And now we're back. Scott Steiner's in the middle of the ring. Just hit a belly-to-belly suplex of DDP. And goes for a flex. Well, let's not forget these two men actually do have... You know, Steiner threw Kimberly out of the car, didn't he? It was a horrible act of violence. Is that the dirty referee? The, uh, the NWO ref? Uh, because, you know, and it, Scott Steiner says some horrible things, not only about everybody, but of course, Kimberly as well, and DDP won't have that, but finally becoming the WCW champion last night, huge moment for him, and he might lose it 24 hours later. Belly to belly suplex, goes for the cover, but only a one count. One. <clears throat> and Big Papa is pumped, DDP looking to go for the diamond cutter, but that gets pushed off. And a low blow in front of the referee who ignores it for some reason. Well, he is having a go at Scott, and I think Steiner said it was accidental. Like, I let things go. I mean, I wouldn't argue with Scott Steiner at this moment in time. No, he might kill your wife and kid. As he barricades DDP into... Does he barricade DDP into the barricade? As he barricades DDP. <laughs> he put me up, I thought he was going to kill me. 
And Scott started just dishing out the punishment DDP. And now a Steiner line. And a Steiner elbow drop for the cover, but only a two. Two. You can hear Rowdy Roddy Piper moaning about Ric Flair on commentary. I bet that's a match we're going to see down the line as well. Oh, Joyce. <laughs> over the hill Flair and over the hill Piper. Yeah, but we, we moan about, you know, the, the same people being in the main event. These are different. Scott Steiner. Jesus. Scott Steiner and DDP. Not being a, Scott Steiner's not been WCW champion yet. DDP, of course, first time. So it is new people in the main event, though. It is indeed, yes, but... <laughs> oh, yeah, Scott Steiner. Well, <clears throat> they might be holding the fort for the bigger guides anyway. But Scott Steiner now hanging DDP up in a trio. Whoa, as we saw Kimberly watching on. But if Hogan weren't out for an indefinite amount of time, would he have been in this main event? And they would have just completely forgotten. They're only coming back to this feud because it suits them. Well, to be fair, I mean, that's, that's right. Maybe it was a plan all along, but like I said, Steiner is still US champion. And now Scott Steiner has got DDP in the 10 beats of the Finn Balor. Or the very slow beats of the Scott Steiner as DDP hangs him up over the top rope. There's a diamond cutter of some sorts, but it looks like Steiner's recovering quicker than Page. DDP leaps to the top, but gets hung up on a turnbuckle. And is Scott Steiner going to go up, trying to hit his most impressive move? A Frankensteiner from the top. One, two... Oh, no. DDP with the kick out. Oh. And Steiner just grabs hold of ref, the referee by his throat. And DDP working the midsection. But Scott Steiner with the eye rake. And Page with a quick roll up. But Big Papa Pump managing to get the shoulder up at two. Two. And goes straight back on the offense. Well, Scott Steiner, Irish whip in DDP. Who kicks him and then hits his patented clothesline. As Piper on commentary is blaming DDP for... Breaking Hogan's knee, so does that make him a heel going against... Well, we know Scott Steiner's a heel with the way he treats people as well. Even though the fans definitely like DDP. He was the people's champion, let's not forget. And he's fighting for his wife's honour. So he was the people's champion, everyone loved him. Until he became champion, now he's a bad guy. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck does that WCW title do to people? Is it because they've spray-painted NWR on it previously? Oh, it turns people into heels. <clears throat> you get a bit of power, boom. Look at Flair. Got to be president. Yeah. Went to his head. Boom. Done. Champion, president. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> and now Eric Bischoff was a nice guy. <laughs> yeah, he was. Bit of power. Boom. Gone. Oh, my God. Goldberg's unaffected by it. Goldberg's all right at the moment. Look what happened to Hogan. Oh. And now Paige has got Steiner and the pancake. The pancake. Yeah, Watch you move yeah. away from the microphone as if it was going to bite you. Yeah. It was like you fucking... You're a fucking twat going yeah. that. And Paige picking him up. Looking for the diamond cutter, but Steiner throws him and hits the referee. Oh. Hits Paige low. I tell you what, you should take a shot every time someone hits a low blow on episode of Nitro. And take a double if the referee sees him and does nothing about it. <laughs> and now Steiner getting the US title right in front of Roddy Piper. He had something stashed up in the belt. Oh, it was the wire cutters. He's cutting off the top turnbuckle. He could have just picked up the belt and hit him with that. <laughs> but no, he'd rather cut off a turnbuckle pad and hit his head into said exposed turnbuckle. That's the WCW way. Oh, right into the top turnbuckle. We're going to have a new world champion here. Gets that Steiner recliner locked in. Game over. Steiner picking up DDP. Oh, oh Rams the bottom of his 
back into the exposed turnbuckle as well. Yep, twice. Twice, yeah, because twice. He hold of the weight. And now he's saying it's done. Just like this episode of Nitro will be soon. We're gonna. This is gonna be done. Rusev crash. What is Sorry. better, the start of the recliner? I think the accolade is better because he starts off with a stomp to the middle of the back. To be fair, Scott Sullivan usually starts off with a low blow. And he's checking on the referee, making sure he's right. DDP, though. Uh, Steiner was attempting an arm drag, deep arm drag takedown. But DDP turns it into a DDT. And now he's going to go backslide, but oh. And again, Steiner setting up for the Steiner recliner <laughs> with a low blow. <laughs> he checks on the ref. Who is still down. And here we go. He's just taking his time and he's going to suplex Paige again. There's a double underhook powerbomb there. And Scott Steiner is taking his sweet-ass time. I know the referee's trying to recover. And now Paige just nutting away at Steiner's testes. His steroid shriveled testes. <laughs> like a couple of fucking raisins. His Steinicles. And now Kimberly's got the chair. Pow! <laughs> right in the kisser! Yes, Kimberly! Bit of retribution! Diamond cutter! Into the cover. One, two, three. Yeah. And Paige keeps his title thanks for an assist from his wife, who is nearly yeah. popping out of her top. She is fine. Head Nitro Girl. And <laughs> head of the DDP family. Still your world champion. And I don't think that was a bad match either. It wasn't. It was probably one of Steiner's best matches we've seen. Yeah. I mean, that could have maybe waited for a pay-per-view, but that was a really, really good match. All right, move on to our next episode, episode 188, and it's the 19th of April. Well, this is the last show above four for some time with a 4.1 off of a 4.2, 4.0, and 4.1. The sad thing is that they lost a large part of the first hour audience, but they stayed the rest of the show, so it balanced out. WWF fans just did not really tune in. Raw got a 6.1 off of a 5.7 and a 6.4. Well, Goldberg gets out of a car and tells everyone that he's next. It's DDP versus Goldberg tonight. Well, Jesus, Ricky and DJ Ran are fucking annoying. This new hip shit does not work. Match one, Scott versus Chris Benoit and Dean Malenko. And the crowd is hot. They are erupting for Dean and Chris, stomping the shit out of the Armstrongs. Fans randomly chant Goldberg, sorry, looking for me ECW DVDs, getting antsy as Raw sucks. Okay, the match was pretty good, and Malenko finishes them with the cloverleaf. Uh, Piper is giddy that Flair signed those things on Thunder. Savage and George arrive at the Dill- and Dillinger will not allow them in. They are barred, but Piper comes in and assures him that as Kamish is okay and Savage is a former champ. Savage's voice is even more growly and wants props. Yep, props from Piper. By the way, what the fuck is the difference between Prez and Kamish? Well, a commissioner is a guy that can come in and can take control and make matches, whereas a president is a guy that can come in and make matches. Oh, but doesn't the commish have to report to the president and then the president has to report to the commish as well? Yes, exactly. There we go. Confusion lifted. Gene calls out DDP. Goldberg gets cheers as Gene mentions him. DDP gives a shout-out to Hogan, who's been cut up this week. DDP calls the past week the greatest. Goldberg gets a bit overzealous, and he needs to get focused like DDP. He knows what it's like to climb that ladder and grab this brass ring. He does not blame Goldberg for shouting out and wanting to beat DDP. He sees a lot of DDP in Goldberg. The fans don't. 
He wants to put the title on the line tonight. It's not going to happen. And here comes Goldberg. Goldberg gets in his face and jaws at him, and Paige agrees to the match. Well, Paige calls this challenge. They calls this the challenge of his life tonight. Gene replays what happened to Hogan at the pay per view. DDP does not want to see it. And match two is Psychosis versus Blitzkrieg versus Juventus Guerrero versus Rey Mysterio Jr. For the Cruiserweight Championship. And let's see. <laughs> I don't think I can get used to this Rey Mysterio right now. I mean, he's dressed up like a... I don't know. I really don't know. He's got the... Um, like a Conan? He's like a Conan, exactly. He's a, or a Dudley, you know? He's got the kind of... Uh, <laughs> the gear on... Rapping Ray, Ray away, Dudley. big yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's got kind of big gold uh, cross around his neck, and of course his baby face. And he's been a uh, cruiserweight champion for a little while now, of course since beating Billy Kidman, his friend. And uh, he's going to put on the line here. And this should be an interesting one. Hooven to Guerrero, psychosis and Blitzkrieg. Of course, Hooven to Guerrero lost his mask last year. Psychosis, if you... So all three of these guys used to own a mask. Now 50% of them had them removed. <laughs> yeah. One by Jericho and one by Nash. And Psychosis cheering and uh, looking on Blitzkrieg's a newcomer. Blitzkrieg and Psychosis both not getting a good... They think it's Alex Wright, but it's not. It's Berlin or something <clears> like that. <throat> Where we go, we started now after the cheers. I think Mysterio won that one. And it's Psychosis with Blitzkrieg going to suplex him. And Mysterio and the Juice get it on. It just slams him down. Does the Juice. So, Rey Mysterio, could you see him with others? I don't think it would work. I really don't think. I think the mask is such a the cool little thing. I mean, that's what it needs to be. Maybe if his last match he just takes off and leaves it in the middle of the ring. Then after we can get used to it. Maybe he's old, you know, a little bit older now. But at this time, he looks like a 15-year-old. <laughs> he does look very young. <laughs> Oh! Rey Mysterio and Lismark get thrown chest first into each other by Hooventude and Psychosis. And the crowd's definitely hot tonight. We saw how loud they were earlier. Is that a Goldberg chant I can hear as well? <laughs> yep. Well, Hoover and Psychosis, Irish Whip Mysterio into Blitzkrieg, who throws Mysterio on the apron and attacks both men. Psychosis goes into the ring post. Even to looking to power bomb Blitzkrieg. Rey Mysterio springboards off the top, takes him down. And that was an impressive manoeuvre. Movie went for the cover, Mysterio breaking it up. Mysterio getting closed on down by Psychosis. Well, the action is thick and fast at the moment. And assistance from the Juice sends Rey Mysterio over the top from an Irish whip after Psychosis. Him. Now Blitzkrieg in a bit of trouble. Irish whip. And now Hoovy got him up again. Well, psychosis goes up top as Hoovy's got him up. Boom! Drop kick into a spine buster and an elbow drop just for good measure from Hooven too. Goes for the cover. Two. But Rey Mysterio breaks it up. It looks like Psychosis and Hoover actually work like a proper team, not minding about breaking each other's covers up. If Mysterio ain't stopped that, that could have arguably been the job done. But these two guys ain't going up against each other. And now Blitzkrieg caught by Psychosis. Blitzkrieg escaping it and Juventude uh, inadvertently hitting Psychosis. Now spinning heel kick and a chop in the corner. You think uh, El Ligero or Ligero takes his mask inspiration from... Uh... I'm sure he would. I mean, I'm sure there's lots of people who do that. It's such an... I think Psychosis... No, I mean, they've got like the, uh, the horns that come yeah, out the I side. Think yeah. Psychosis has got one of the coolest masks, don't you? Like Jushin Thunder Liger as well, do you know what I mean? That guy who sticks out. 
And I think Mysterio's mask is iconic now. We oh, talk about that. Oh, wow. And now uh, Human Toon and Psychosis, they've uh, had a bit of a coming together after the juice inadvertently hit him. And now Psychosis wasn't standing for that as he uh, delivers a few powerful moves. A spinning heel kick. Psychosis looking impressive here. But Mysterio and Blitzkrieg. Well, they're getting on the same page. They're like, look, if we clear the ring, we go at it mano we mano. They were tuning up for so long, it only makes sense. Dual baseball slides. Both men setting up on the outside. Asai moonsault by Blitzkrieg. And one by Ray. Takes down Psychosis and Juventude. Now Blitzkrieg picking up Ray. Or helping up Ray, actually. Well, Ray needs a second to recover. Yeah, he's not as young as he used to be. Now Blitzkrieg and Rey Mysterio going at it. Trying to send him into the ring post, but Mysterio blocks it. Goes up top. Oh, looking for the splash, but gets caught with a drop kick instead. And now can Blitzkrieg take advantage and win his very first ever champ- Cruiserweight Championship? That's a very innovative couple of moonsault splashes there. Uh, corkscrew splashes there. Finally right. gets a two count. Two. Oh, that's really nice on Blitzkrieg. And now Hoovy making his way up top. Oh, Hooven 2 from behind takes out Blitzkrieg. Psychosis was sent down the ring, <laughs> down the entranceway, being thrown off the apron. See, in my mind, this is what 205 Live should be like. You reckon? Yeah. And Mysterio pointing at Hoovy. What, featured on Raw like this, you mean? Yeah. Just this <laughs> in completely non-stop. Four guys just going at it crazy. Uh, well, there is, you know, but I like Blitzkrieg a lot, but I wouldn't compare him to the other three. I think the other three are definitely kind of legendary cruiserweights as well. But Blitzkrieg is holding his own. Oh, without a doubt, yeah. And Hoovy now blocking the wheelbarrow. And delivering a bulldog of his own. And then you get the odd Rey Mysterio going up against, you know, the likes of Kevin Nash and mixing it up on the main roster, you know. Both of these guys have had matches with Chris Jericho, you know, very well matches with Chris Jericho as well. Without a doubt. And now it looks like Hoovy's going to go for Hoovy Driver, but Mysterio versus Hoovy versus back. Like a reverse DDT there, taking down Mysterio. Oh, psychosis off the top. One, two, no. Hooven two breaks it up. Well, now Blitzkrieg back into all four men in the ring now. And now Mysterio's going to look to try and put away psychosis. Top turnbuckle bulldog. But again, WCW, WCW being away is missed that shot still because it focuses on a blitzkrieg. <laughs> Just sort of Hogan leg drop and big boot. <laughs> yeah, we will not see the replay. Oh, that's beautiful though. Mysterio springboarding his way into the ring. Oh no, but managing to get a kick out. Oh. Yeah, psychosis, psychosis with his shoulder up as blitzkrieg takes out Hoovy. And Ray. And we go to an ad break. And now they're going to double Irish with each other. No, Juve underneath Psychosis. Ray Mysterio with the juice. Tilt, well, no, gets reversed into a Hurricane Rana. Blitzkrieg taken out on the top rope. And Blitzkrieg lands hard on those mats. And how thin are those mats, Dan? Those mats are mere millimetres thick, just wafer thin over pure concrete. Oh, and Juve dodged Psychosis' clothesline and took out Blitzkrieg and Mysterio on the outside. Plancher over the top. And now Psychosis going up. Oh! oh. Corkscrew Moonsault. Takes out all three guys. See, this is what 205 Live should model himself. Well, this is what WCW should harness as well. They've got this type of action. 
We should be doing this every week to keep us entertained. You know, this is the first time they've put a proper good match on yeah. in so long. <clears throat> the cruiserweights get tired with the same brush. Well, I think 205 like Mexicans. You know, like a few proper... Not Mexicans, but... Lucha Libre Lucha style. Libre, yeah. Lucha Libre wrestlers. Well, Hoovy just took out Psychosis. He's looking to go off the top. <laughs> and do you care that um, Psychosis hasn't delivered any or many promos in ring? No. Not in the slightest. No. But they just got hit by a beautiful Paracarona there. And now Mysterio's looking to put away Hoovy. But he is exhausted. Picks him up, power bombs him down. Well, every... Got to cover up one, two, no. I'm about to say the problem is every time they put their opponent away, the other guys are breaking it up so quickly. And now bigger psychosis. That's like in it. That is a figure four leg lock, isn't it? No, uh, it's. It is the figure four leg lock. It's perfect figure four. Without the fucking flare, wooing. <laughs> oh, Mysterio, though. Springboard leg drop. Lands right on the throat of Blitzkrieg. Hoover springboarding in with a leg drop of his own to, oh no. And the psychosis with a shoulder up at two. Two. And this could go any way at the moment. Well, all the while there's two men still with it. They're always going to break up the pinfall attempt. This is the problem. And now psychosis tilt well backbreaker. Hurt his own shin with the amount of force that he put Rey Mysterio through. Goes for the cover. Two. No, Mysterio managing to kick out. Uh, and now Hoovy's got Blitzkrieg. Standing switch. Blitzkrieg. Oh, looks to drop Hoovy on his back. But Hoovy lands on his feet. And now he's going to powerbomb Blitzkrieg. Sit out. But can't take advantage. Mysterio goes for the cover and takes that advantage. No. Psychosis in to stop it. And looking to end things now. Maybe going up. Hurricane that was very neat and tidy from Ray. Goes for the cover. One, two. And again, Psychosis stopping it. Are the fans booing this? Uh, no, I think they're booing Psychosis stopping Mysterio from winning, hopefully. Blitzkrieg taken down with a brain buster. Two. No, only a two from Psychosis. And now Hoovy's going to look for the Hoovy driver, but Blitzkrieg stops it. Hoovy guess... drops him. Yeah, he gets who... kicked out of the ring by Mysterio. Where he turns his attention to Blitzkrieg. Loads him up in the corner. Just starts wading away. Bronco Buster. Well, Mysterio up on that second row after the... And now Psychosis in the position. Bang. Well, Mysterio rides him, cowboy. Eastside is the best. And he's shouting, but Hoovy's up. And he's got Mysterio. Oh, he gets reversed into a Hurricane Rana, though. Psychosis up to his feet. And he's trying to go for the pin on Mysterio. But that's not going to work when Blitzkrieg's about. He just wrenches his head off for the pin cover. Goes for his own pin attempt. One, two. Ooh. No, Mysterio with a kick to the back, breaking it up. Even two Irish rip. Mysterio 619s it, though. Deposits him to the outside, who lands on the apron. Ray Mysterio gets hung up. Even two with a missile drop kick on Ray. Sends him to the outside. Well, Psychosis got hold of Blitzkrieg. Oh, no, it's close-eyes Hoovy outside. Eliminates him from the Royal Rumble. And that was quick movement by Psychosis. Now he's got Blitzkrieg. Looking for the backdrop, but 
Splits Creek lands on his feet. A lovely spinning heel kick. Well, we might see a big upset here if Blitzkrieg could get him down, looking to finish it. Here he comes. Oh, fucking hell. Corkscrew 360. No, only a two count. Two. Even two there, just in time, looking for the Hoovy driver on Blitzkrieg. Are we going to have a new Cruiserweight champion? No, Blitzkrieg with a backslide. Powerbomb. Hoovy lands on his feet. To no Mysterio in to break it up. Yeah, Mysterio looks to Irish Hoover who reverses. Oh, Mysterio getting picked up. Oh, delivers an X Factor. Just carries on punching away at Hoover. Who picks Ray Mysterio up. Both men tumble to the outside. And Psychosis goes for the drop kick. No, Blitzkrieg moves out of the way. Psychosis hits the top turnbuckle. And Mysterio looking on, trying to recover. It's his cruiserweight title on the line. And what is Blitzkrieg going to do with Psychosis on top? Blitzkrieg looking for a superplex. Oh! No, Psychosis face plants him down to the mat. Now Psychosis perched up top. Huge leg drop. Hits this could it. be it. One, One two, two, three. And Psychosis wins the Cruiserweight Championship here. Beating Blitzkrieg. Mysterio wasn't even involved. Dan, what are your thoughts? I thought it was a brilliant match. <laughs> and again, you know, it's one of these matches you have no idea which way it could have gone. You know, I would have thought Rey Mysterio hooving to Guerrero. And, uh, but Psychosis picks up the shock victory. Yeah, great encounter. And that went, you know, I don't know how long it went, but it was really, really enjoyable. It was about 20 minutes or so. Yeah, and deserved as well. And so many great moments here. Flair and Arn Anderson come down. Flair has a Florida shirt on and talks about parting in Gainesville. Needs to say where they are at sooner. Flair goes off about being a president and he does what he wants to do when he wants to do it. Cue Piper. Piper goes off about hiring sprees and how he lost his way. Well, Flair is Ric Flair and he will get naked if he wants. Piper <laughs> is the commish and while he does not want the job, he needs to do this. Not sure what. Piper and Flair scream a bit. Charles Robinson runs out with a robe. It was a piece of paper, and Piper has Gene read it. Gene claims it is officious. Flair, David Flair signed it. Flair is incapable of rational thought and is in danger to his own well-being and the well-being of WCW. Therefore, Flair will be removed from the presidency. The fans boo. Flair yells that Piper is out of his mind. He will not leave and then fires Piper. He's also going to get the national title from Tennessee too and bring it to Florida and then dances. This is classic. Piper screeches that he wants to fight, then he will, so it's against Nash. Arm passes out. Flair will kick Nash's ass from here to Knoxville. Flair fires him and Piper says he's not, and they go back and forth. Flair wants to fight him at a pay-per-view for the company, but he is fired until then anyway. And then they yell at each other all the way to the back. Piper decks him. Flair's got that crazy look in his eyes. I've gained a new respect for Flair. Flair and Piper are both crazy and them drawing off at each other is just... (laughs) You can't understand a fucking word either of them are saying and what they're rambling about, but it's just comic, isn't it? It is, isn't it? Poor Mean Gene trying to control it. (laughs) Flair is out of his mind. As he chases Piper to the back. (laughs) You're fired, but I'm fighting you first. <laughs> and Piper just drops Rick with a big right hand. <clears throat> oh my god almighty. Well Conan is walking in the back, the NWO stop him and tell him Kev has a message for him. 
Conan does not ride to leave, but is stomped. Oh, and match three is Brian Nobbs versus Hack. <laughs> <laughs> well, Hack hits him in the head with the can and now puts something on his head and nails him with a guillotine leg drop. Nobbs is placed onto the ladder and Bigelow runs down and hits him with a kendo stick and that knocks him down and onto the ladder. Nobbs jumps up and drives the can into Hack and gets the win. This is nice non-stop brawl. Well, the macho man is in the back and he's back against the wall and he has been there before. This is the most important time in his career. Flair is going crazy and George is the best person out there to get him back. Uh, he talks about her match. He brings in Medusa and she's going to train George. Well, women can make a statement in WCW and she is here to make a difference. Well, Nash is in the back with the NWO. I love his jean shorts. Nash has no message, but Ray disagrees. Nash states they're running their own program. Steiner comes in and wants to talk to him. Nash tries to beg off, but Steiner is upset about Kimberly. Nash is focused on his title shot, and Scotty warns him that he'll have a problem soon enough. Nash warns the black and white, and Adam states that it'll not be a problem if he has nothing to hide. Ray comes up with some plan to help Scotty, I think. Well, Buff comes out, and since everyone is calling their own shots, like Goldberg and Flair, he now calls out Big Papa Pump for... The pay-per-view and a title shot. He will show him that he is buff and the stuff. And he ha- and he states that Steiner is not that big papa pump is not his hookup. And match four is Buff Bagwell versus the Disco Inferno. He struts a bit and strikes with a swinging net breaker and then chokes him out. Sorry, the last minute or two is a blur, but they go back and forth and Buff gets the win. It was okay, wasn't it? Here comes Steiner with a couple of hotties. He does his thing. He's tired of having a cheerleader and a knucklehead. He's dissing Buff. No one wanted him around. No one came to help when Steiner kicked his ass. His mum wanted a girl. Real men do not wax their old dancers. He was nothing before the NWO and they'll be called Boy Bagwell. The chance of steroids. Girls face some boobs at him. That's one in the ring. At match five is Kidman versus Raven. Kidman is placed up top but Raven is knocked off and Raven... Gets the chair on his chest and the shooting star press fizzles. Here comes Benoit and Malenko. Um, it is a DQ. I thought it was Raven's rules. Horsemen go off. Here comes Ray and he scissors Malenko to the floor and they retreat. Well, I tell you what, it was Angle Valtman, but Ray is over with the crowd here. Yes, and Saturn decks Ray and so Ray takes him out. Saturn is powerbombed by Kidman and Raven even flows Kidman. The horsemen are back. Shivoni goes to the video from Flair and Piper while the brawl is going on. Oh, fuck off. We're missing another good spot. <laughs> uh, match six, Scott Norton versus Scott Steiner for the WWUS title. I thought Norton was in Japan. He's not part of the NWO. What the fuck? Steiner gets in Shivoni's face and screams at him. It was Conan who was supposed to fight. Norton sandwiches him in the corner. Clothesline him, and after the side slam, gets two. Two! He goes for his finisher, but hits the ref after he got in position, so Steiner headbutts the nuts, and after a belly-to-belly, the ref is fine, and Steiner uses the ropes and demands the count. It was a nice ball, but a fucking stupid ending. And up next, it's Kevin Nash versus Ric Flair, match that Flair signed earlier and didn't read the contract. So Kevin Nash, I guess he's the leader of the NWO elite, and he's face-to-face with Flair. Charles Robson referee again. Uh, Ric Flair is the prez and he shoves. Uh, Nash shoves Flair all the way across the ring. Rips his shirt off. And Flair is not backing down. He is a crazy son of a bitch. So he gets thrown away again. 
And Flair wrestled constantly this month for days. He's been on every episode. Probably this year. Flair went for the shoulder block. Didn't work. And now he's going to try and chop that big tree down. And then retreats to the ear of Arn Anderson for a bit of advice. But immediately comes in as soon as Nash's back's turned. But takes too long about it. Nash turns round. And Flair backs off again. Well, Nash is fucking over. He shouts out to Hogan, who's going under the knife. He will get revenge on DDP and break his back. Goldberg wins it one-on-one, and they can set it at the pay-per-view. The fans chant Goldberg, and he tells them they have good taste. Well, Doctors in White come down with a gurney, and Double A tells them to be careful with him. I wonder if that's the crazy doctors in order to cart him to the crazy house. There we go. That starts. Well, apparently, Arn Anderson has called a timeout, so Charles Robinson's not counting him, and... Charles is in charge, so if he says it's time out, it's time out. Let's not forget, Charles Robson is in action at Slamboree going against uh, Gorgeous Jaws, of course, Macho Man's, uh, I guess, woman at this moment in time. So he's got a massive match on his mind. Don't say woman. And he's still refereeing. And now Nash got hold of Flair. Backs him up into the corner and a few Ric Flair chops. But again, much like Sting, the chops aren't affecting him. As Nash backs him into the corner and a few knees to the midsection. Irish trip to the opposite corner and a high back body drop. <coughs> Do you think it's written into Ric Flair's contract that during every match he must receive at least two or three high back body drops? Yeah, I mean, towards the end of the career, all he was taking was back body drops as well. So, I mean, I can't. he must have taken... At least a million backdrops in his life. At least one backdrops throughout his career. And now Nash just beating Flair up in the corner. But Flair's out the corner. Oh, when he looks fun, nope, he does the Flair drop. Well, Flair's get choked and Charles Robson won't call it. Arn Anderson grabs the leg of Kev. Oh, and Arn Anderson and Ric Flair both grabbing the leg. I think Charles Robson's got something in his eye and can't quite see what's going on. Oh, this is disgraceful. And both Arn Anderson and Flair crutch Nash on the ring post. <coughs> Are you right, Charles? Come on, look. Can we have a train of referee EMT out for Charles Robinson, please? No, no, it seems fine. Whatever was in his eye, he, he must have got it out. Oh, he miraculously recovered by the time Flair came in the ring. And now he's choking Nash. Come on. All right, what's this then? Well, Charles Robinson is telling Ric Flair off for choking out Kevin Nash. And it allows Arn Anderson in to stomp him. He's like, Arn Anderson, come on, look, you're not in this match, mate. <laughs> he, to- he told him off. He got him out of the ring, James. This is not... That is not right. He got Arn Anderson out of the ring. Is that not what a referee's job is supposed to do? He noticed him there. He immediately expelled him from the ring. He should expel him from ringside, not just the ring. Well, I'm sure if he gets involved in the match and the referee sees it, he will expel him. And now this is classic Flair just going to work on the leg. Well, Rick Flair's asked Charles Robinson to check the time of the match. <laughs> and Charles Robinson with his back turned. I think Flair must have accidentally kicked him low. Oh, he accidentally kicked him low, did he? Well, I think he was looking for the midsection, but where Kevin Nash is so tall, he hit him a bit lower than the belt. Line. He's just called. He's just made Kevin Nash a ball chinion with that shot. Flair <laughs> should have been disqualified. 
But the referee didn't see it because he was checking the time, which Ric Flair asked him to do. Oh, come on. The referee's just doing his job. Would you stop? And Ric Flair styling and profiling. Because to be the man, you got to kick the man in the nuts. Well, Nash has been beaten up by the nature boy and on the same same height now with Nash being done. What is Ric Flair known as? The whitest player in the game? The dirtiest player in the game. Oh, yeah. But he's got Charles Robinson in his pocket. No, he's Charles Robinson is just in unfortunate positions at unfortunate moments. For the benefit of everyone, he tried covering Ric Flair up. Charles Robinson enforcing the law, telling Ric Flair not to hit him with a closed fist. He's hung up with a rope. There should be a rope break by now. He's telling Ric Flair off uh, using illegal manoeuvres. Arn Anderson's getting involved. Has Charles Robinson got eyes in the back of his head? No, he hasn't. Well then, so how do you expect him to see it when he's disciplining a man for doing wrong? It just seems to happen. He's disciplining him at the same time as Arn Anderson gets involved. Well, that's between Arn Anderson and Ric Flair, not Charles Robinson. Charles Robinson is just trying to do the job to his best ability. So you're saying to me that Flair and Charles Robinson aren't in cahoots here? No. I, 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 well, Nash out the corner. You've left me nearly speechless with that one. Let's see that. He's, he's telling Kevin Nash off, and I'm sure he'd back Kevin Nash up into the corner if it needed be as well. Well, Nash now. Sidewalk slam to Flair. Goes for the cover. One, two... Oh, no, Ric Flair managing to kick out. Oh. Well, that was a bit of a slow count in my eyes. Well, I think you need to go back to school and learn how to count then. Oh, Flair back but in the corner. Ducks underneath Nash's clothesline attempt, but gets caught round. And Nash getting out of the ring, but hurting his leg. I think it's a leg that Flair's been working over for a while. And Flair begging off Kevin Nash. See, that was a low kick. Referee saw it, didn't do anything about it. Nash walks into a back elbow from Flair. <coughs> and now Rick ventures to the top. Nash grabs hold of him. Throws him across the ring. He must have been at least eight foot in the air. At least ten foot in the air. Nash whip big boot from Nash. Arn Anderson gets clocked in the head. Gets his just desserts for keep interfering in this one. And now the straps are down. He means business. Nash has got Flair loaded up for the jackknife. Plants him. (laughs) (laughs) And Charles Robinson is not counting. What about that, Dan? Nash hit the jackknife. He interfered. No, he's checking on an... Old age pensioner who is down at ringside. He's not counting. Oh, Anderson might be dead, James. Oh, look who it is. It's George. Now, what do you make of this? A woman interfering in a match. Well, George won Charles Robinson and Ric Flair. And she's going to put referee shirt on. Well, if Charles Robinson won't do it, maybe a woman in charge will do it. Nash foot on Flair's chest. One, two, three. <laughs> She's not a WCW employed official. She's wearing a referee shirt. It doesn't matter. I want to see her certificates and her credentials. We will ask your man's out here as well, looking on. And Kevin Nash gets a victory. What do you think of that? 
Well, the Jackknife Powerbomb must be fucking strong because <laughs> it kept Flair down for about a 12 count. We thought the pedigree was there was a dangerous finishing move. And, oh, look, here come the white coats to take away Ric Flair. Oh, Charles Ross with that T-shirt on. Oh. oh, trainers, referees, EMTs, crazy men in white coats trying to take Flair away. My God, that Jackknife did some damage. And now Flair on a stretcher. And this is the end of Ric Flair in WCW. Well, I think they're going to take good care of him. See, look. And you say Charles Robinson's a bad official. He's making sure that a participant in his match is fighting fit and getting well. The man who in the pocket of Ric Flair. Now he's got his just desserts and Flair being carted off here. And look, Rowdy Roddy Piper checking him. We talk about nice guys. Nice guys. And that's not a, that's not a ambulance he's put them in. That's a white 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 van man. And I'll answer the same thing. What's the matter? You just sticking flare in here? Wait a minute! Look, Central Florida Mental Hospital. What? Flair is being sent to the crazy institution. Well, Piper is following along the gurney and taunting him, and Double A wants him away, and some of the doctors do too. Arn Anderson finds that this is not an ambulance, and he is worried. He wants to know where all the medical equipment is at, and they are sure he will be okay, and Arn Anderson and Charles are screaming. Piper wants Flair taken home. It is a mental hospital van, and Flair is up banging the back door to get out. Okay, the Nash thing makes sense, but why not give Goldberg the honour? Oh. Dusty Rhodes, baby, has joined the broadcast team. We get ready for our main event. It's DDP versus Goldberg for the WCW Heavyweight Championship. And is this the time Goldberg becomes champion? Because he's not lost. He's only lost once. The fans are chanting for Goldberg. Are you happy now? Robinson isn't in charge of this match. Yes, let's hope we have a normal matchup now. Macho man. Matchup now. Uh, and these two men had a war at Halloween Havoc 1998. So these two guys you want pushing, running the main event? Again, I've moaned about it, and we're finally getting it. Goldberg and DDT, two guys. And look at that respect. Throw the referee away, saying, let's do it our way. That's what I like to see, Dan. I'm getting into Nitro. Cruiserweight total matches. For, you know, Flair being sent to mental hospital. And a lock-up, and Goldberg gets the better of that. Shoves DDP back to the corner, and the second time... This third time, though, arm drag takedown by Page. With Goldberg immediately up and two men just squaring off against each other. And this is the match that everyone wanted. Well, I think strength-wise, Goldberg's definitely going to come out on top, but DDP is going to have to use all the experience in the world. Well, DDP looking for the shoulder block takedown, but Goldberg standing strong. DDP getting sent outside the ring. Goldberg's not phased at all. Wait for DDP to get back in. And Gold- I think Goldberg with his well-deserved heavyweight championship title match. Well, this is the thing, and it comes on a nitro. Yeah, sure, but at least we're getting it now. Well, it can't, can't you see any shenanigans going down the line then, or is anyone in cahoots with someone else? Well, I'll tell you what, we've seen a lot of stuff like that, but... We have seen a lot of clean finishes recently on Nitro. We've not seen a lot of DQs, people running in and stuff like this. Well, that's because, as far as I'm aware, the NWO Elite is just Nash. <laughs> yeah. 
and the black and white, there's only four members of it, yeah. and Stevie Ray's the leader, and they've been relatively quiet and not doing anything. So that whole NWO battle royal for leadership power was completely redundant and pointless because there's no direction for them. Um, and, yeah, that's probably why there's been no interferences. Well, no, Just Arn Anderson. This is the thing, yeah, you've had Flair as a heel, you know, Nash as well. You've got DDP as champion. Scott Stein, if you're going to get to the kind of classic NWO, if you know what I mean. Is he in the NWO? He is, because he's been talking to Nash, you know, and uh, he is involved in the, in the Wolfpack, even though he's, he's got more things on his mind, you know, challenges for world titles, and of course, a feud with Buff Bagwell. And finally finishing his feud with his brother Rick as well, so. <clears throat> After 10 young, oh, years. Yeah, ten, yeah, at least 20 years. Oh, Goldberg and Paige finally each other out. And this time, Paige managed to run through Goldberg. But oh! Goldberg hits DDP with a spear. Well, he's just hit the spear down. And what happens after that? He says, what do you think about that bitch to the crowd? No. He normally hits the jack him up and hammer him down. But Paige drags Goldberg, sends him headfirst into the turnbuckle. Swinging netbreaker. And Paige certainly is a fighting champ. Well, without a doubt, we see him have a couple of excellent fights as Goldberg managed to get the shoulder up at two. Two. And now sent into the corner by Page. Sternum first. Page looking for the back suplex. Goldberg turns it around, but Page manages, manages to deliver a belly-to-belly. -belly. And Goldberg up before the referee can even get his hand down for one. And I think Page fights Goldberg right. <clears throat> I think he comes at him. And I don't think many yeah. people do that. And Page is just trying to, you know, just get on top of Goldberg... Time out, you see the front face lock now as well. I think with Page, he's... Goldberg with a suplex of Page. But Page managing to kick out a two. Two. Ah. Brett's going to be like a random fan and attack Goldberg. <laughs> well, Goldberg now is in the ascendancy in this match. Side suplex. Now Goldberg, Irish whip to Page. Page looking for the diamond cutter. Goldberg pushes him off. Powers him up onto the shoulder and just slams him down. Goes for the cover. One, two, no. And I think that showed a little bit of respect there because Goldberg, I think, realised he weren't going to get the job done. But again, it made Page, uh, um, you know, get rid of the energy after he had to kick out. Ah. Now Goldberg, Irish whip to Page. Oh, looking for the sidewalk slam, but DDP with a Hurricane Rana getting out of it. As soon as Goldberg's up to his feet, gets a boot to the face, and Paige sends both him and Goldberg over the top rope, eliminating them both from the Rumble. And we got Dusty Rhodes, baby, on commentary. And now Paige leaps to the top. And a huge clothesline off, goes for the cover. And he gets a two. Two. Jawbreaker from Goldberg. Rocks Page. Page comes back with a big boot. Goldberg catches it. Ducks a close eye attempt. Hits a super kick of his own. Sends Page back into the corner. And he's primed and ready for a spear. Ooh. Oh, well, sorry, wrong wrestler. If Page comes out of the corner, he'll lose his title. I think that's why he's staying there. Saying, come on, bring it on. Oh, oh and as Goldberg charges towards him, Page lifts his legs. Goldberg hits the ring post. Intelligent wrestling from Goldberg moved the ring a couple of inches, huh? At least a couple of. And now Page! Diamond Cutter! Oh my god, turns Goldberg over! One, 
two. No, Goldberg shoving Page off onto the referee. Well, Page gave it his best shot and couldn't put Goldberg down. But no one's ever kicked out uh-huh. of the Diamond Cup before the crowd get behind him. But Page, Page has got some brass knucks. Oh, oh well, as Goldberg was primed for a spear, he pulled the referee in front of him who kind of buffered all the spear that Goldberg had to offer. Oh, my, I think Goldberg just killed the ref. Can we get a referee out here? Page got the brass nuts but gets blocked by Goldberg again. He hits him with a couple of shots. And Goldberg looking to jackhammer Page into the ring. One, two, three. Well, if the referee was up, Goldberg would be your new champion. But unfortunately for him, referee's just been speared. And Page struggling to get to his feet. Goldberg's as well. Oh. And Page with the knucks. Well, Paige took maybe the easy way out here. Oh, my God. Punching away at the head of Goldberg with them loaded knuckles. Just proves that DDP just doesn't want any of Goldberg. He, he knows he can't beat him. And again, we see the dark side. Oh, fucking hell. We see the dark side that it... God. Paige carrying the steel steps round, smashed Goldberg in the head with him, then dropped him on his foot. <laughs> oh! And now just smashes Goldberg's ankle with a steel chair as it was lent against the ring steps. Well, this is an assault. DDP brutalising Goldberg. The referees are out here trying to stop this assault. <laughs> Paige thought someone grabbed the chair, but he got it hooked on the ring post. So has Paige been disqualified? There you go. Now the referee gets the chair. But he's thrown into the barricade. There's your big spot. That's classic. (laughs) So Paige thought he was there a little bit earlier. (coughs) And he's not finished yet. Well, this is the move that took goal... But Big Sexy's coming down to the aid of Goldberg. Goldberg? What? What? <laughs> Goldberg. And Nash checking in on him. Big Sexy. And I never thought I'd see this. Maybe new mutual respect. But Nash now definitely a face. And DDP, the hill. What? What are your thoughts, Dan? The double switch. <laughs> A page from behind. Oh. Clocks Nash with a title belt. Goldberg unable to stand after the punishment his leg's taken. And DDP walks out of here still the WCW heavyweight champion. And he's pissed off the two faces of the company. But it's made DDP look like quite a badass, hasn't it? It yeah. has, yeah. Um, that was really good. DDP becoming a heel makes sense. One, he's not over as he was. That is apparent. He played the role well in Toronto. He keeps bringing up Hogan's knee injury. Nash is over and fouled as a heel for the NWO Elite. The fans still cheered, but Nash comes out, the big man, taking Flair out and helping Goldberg. Clearly a setting up to be the big face. Honestly, Goldberg should win the title and run for a few months. Lose to Bret Hart and later, if necessary, get Hogan involved and those three have a money feud. But enough of that. 
WCW was short-sighted and it's clear that politics played a role in Nash becoming the man and Goldberg not. Lunacy, but Nash was, st- Nash was over. Still, Hart, Goldberg and then Hogan would have gone a long way and add in Nash and Savage and Sting. Exactly. So you look at all the talent they had, but they still fucked it up. But let's jump ship to the WF and they just come off a hugely successful WrestleMania. Stone Cold was champion. His enemies were forming a line to fight him. So we move on with three rules then. And the first one is April 5th, episode 306. Yeah, we're coming out of the Nassau Coliseum in Uniondale, New York. The attendance is 12,666. Your commentators are Michael Cole and Jerry the King Lawler. Well, the main story seems to be Big Show Aiden Austin in the battle against Vince and the corporation. Other than that, the Undertaker is starting to act more and more satanic. The opening Vince and Stephanie being terrified about what Undertaker has become along with a recap of last week's show. And then we get the opening sequence, and our first matches for the tag team titles is X-Buck and Kane versus Jeff Jack. That's J-E-F-F, J-A-R-R-E-T-T, and Owen Hart. And this all came about because last night on Heat, Owen Hart and Jeff Jack issued an open challenge, which Kane answered. He came down, and X-Buck came to aid Kane, but then he got caught with a choke slam for his trouble. So we're going to see this kind of... Weird tag team of Kane and X-Pac teaming up for the very first time against the tag team champions. But the tag team told at this point, we've had a go at WSW throughout the, for the time for their tag team division. WF's not really been fantastic, has it? Do you know what I mean? No, no, they've, uh, they've kind of pushed the tag team division to one side. I mean, you've got four singles guys teaming up to make two tag teams. Yeah, and you look at WrestleMania, the match, it was testing Dino Brown in the tag team title match. So, again, not a proper tag team. That seems to be the case at the moment, but X-Buck started off quite quickly in this one. Yeah, working over Owen Hart, but Owen, very athletic and agile, managing to get out of it and dropping X-Buck with a clothesline. Tags in Jeff Jarrett, that's T. And, of course, with Deborah in his corner, he's more focused than ever, trying to keep hold of the tag team titles. Just working X-Puck down at the moment. The fans just chanting Nugget own heart at the moment. No love lost there. He is not a Nugget. <laughs> oh, but X-Puck there. The martial arts, martial artist, art, <coughs> the martial arts expert taking down Jeff Jarrett, who gets a blind tag to Owen Hart as he's pushing X-Puck off. And it, uh, Owen catches X-Puck with a spinning heel kick to the face. Well, we've talked about X-Puck and his spinning heel kicks, but Owen Hart's got to be one of the best in the business as well. Right on point as he tags in Jeff Jarrett now. And just a double clothesline. Well, then splitting the difference by Owen and Jeff, separating X-Puck's legs, and if he can't walk, he can't kick. And they take away one of the most dangerous weapons in X-Puck. As but Jeff then... Jarrett. But Gone. then the even more dangerous weapon, Kane, is still stood in the corner That's waiting true. to be tagged in, fresh as a daisy. So you send X-Pac in to weaken them both them out a bit, like with his speed and agility, then Kane comes in and just destroys the pair of them. I think that is Jeff Jarrett's and uh, Owen Hart's hope is that Kane doesn't get the tag in if they can maybe cut off the ring and just work on X-Pac. But X-Pac's got so much heart and determination. Especially for a smaller guy. Do you think X-Pac should have achieved a bit more? Or do you think he was only ever destined for... Uh, like the Intercontinental 
limit, basically. I think at this time, yes. If he'd have come a little bit later, I think we would have might have seen a little bit more. He was ahead of his time in that way. When you consider his kind of smallest guy in the land of the Giants with a one-two-three kid, and even now, like you said, being outweighed, but being one of the first guys to actually break the mould for what a wrestler should look like. So I think a lot of credit should be done for X Pac. And I think, like I said, he reached his limit during this time. But maybe later on, if he'd have come around, he would have had a lot more success. I think he definitely deserved it. He's a good worker. You know, diving cross body by and hut, but X Pac rolls through and count by and kicks out. Ah. But that's another advantage of looking back and watching stuff from 20 years ago. You kind of underappreciate what talents we did actually have, you know, especially we've talked about Owen Hart quite a bit, but X-Pac, you know, he was, I think he he was really ahead of his time and, you know, he's someone that's a tremendous worker, yeah. you know. He's been about for, well, since the first episode of Raw. Without a doubt, and you look at the longevity there and what he's been involved with NWO and DX, you know, X-Pac definitely deserves a lot of credit. And we just talked about Owen Hart as well. Just hit a picture-perfect insecurity. That's one of his favourite moves that he does as well. Hit that insecurity and spinning heel kick. <laughs> I think they're Owen's staples. Yeah. And he tags in Jeff. He's had the sleeper on. But X-Pac just managed to escape there. Back drops Jeff Jarrett. And there's Kane lurking in the corner. Still not being tagged in just yet. Talk about uh, going back and looking at how a monster is kind of protected in a way with Kane. Yeah, he rubs shoulders with the main event. And now... Maybe he's not there, but he still has kind of aura about him, isn't there, in a corner? Oh, you could still call Kane a monster at this point. Like, you know, he's been around for, what, nearly two years now? So, I think this is the first time, this, you know, the X-Puck storyline is kind of humanising Kane for the first time as well. And it adds a layer to the character. And then it adds another layer when he starts talking with the... Yeah, exactly, yeah. And, that, and it's all thanks to kind of X-Puck in a way. And Owen Hart now has got X-Puck down... But I think, you know, he's kind of suited because, you know, just before he lost his mask, he was kind of with uh, RVD as well. You know, these really educated feet, faster guys. And then you've got, you know, the big monster in Kane. Right, now, Owen off the second rope, but caught with a boot by X-Puck. And now a double clothesline, both men down. And you've got Jeff Jarrett cheering on Owen to get to the corner and Kane just stood there stoic. <laughs> and the crowd trying to get behind X-Puck. Can he get the tag to Kane? Well, Kane put his hand out. Well, Kane's lost a lot recently. You're not sure you can trust. Well, Kane didn't get his hand out, but he got the tag in nonetheless. Perched on top and just flies in, takes out Jeff Jarrett and Owen Hart as well. And a huge uppercut. Upper what? And now a big boot to Owen. One for Jarrett. And Kane is single-handedly dismantling the tag team champions here. X-Puck in, Owen Hart's in the corner. He gets a Bronco Buster. Choke slam for Jarrett. And Kane, though, has got X-Puck. He's going to gorilla press him. Drops him onto Jarrett. One, two, three. <laughs> oh! And Kane and X-Puck are your new tag team champions. And I don't even think Kane meant to... <laughs> or did he? Well, know exactly what he was doing. I don't know. Maybe he just wanted to hurt X-Puck, but it helped him out. Deborah can't believe it. X-Puck is beyond ecstatic. The referee is trying to give Kane a tag belt, but I don't think Kane wants to know. Does Kane realise he's tag team champion again? This oddball team of X-Pac and Kane. And Owen Hart and Jeff Jarrett getting out of the ring. What are your thoughts on that, Dan? I thought it was quite a good way. You know, Kane, you know, he, he's still aggressive. He's not kind of <laughs> taken to being a tag team member at the moment. But I think X-Pac's going to try and bring that out of him. Well, the thing I like about it, you know, this kind of put together tag team shocking. And it is a nice surprise as well. 
uh, and we'll see where they go from there. Well, the Mamans are in the back and Vince says he's staying with Stephanie all night long. Shane tells the corporation that their mission tonight is to take care of Big Show and Austin. X-Pac celebrates and doesn't know where Kane is. He doesn't care, though. Kane is there where he needs to be. Well, here's the corporation with something to say. The Rock still has the smoking skull belt, and Shane shows us a clip from the end of last week's show, including Big Show saving Austin from the corporation. Tonight is Big Show versus Rock and Triple H in a very special handicap match. Triple H talks some generic trash while Rock makes fun of the big and threatens to break off both his feet inside. Rock puts on the smoking skull belt with Shane insisting we get a close-up of the title. And during the night, Shane is going to be is going to put that picture on the screen at his whim because Shane McMahon says so. Well, post break, Shane explains what he uh, post break, Shane explains what he did to Vince because Vince and Stephanie aren't watching the show. So why are they even here tonight, other than for plot advancements? Vince recommends that Shane chill. Well, here's Ivory with something to say. She wants to know if it's always that time of the month for PMS because they're always cramping her style. Ivory knows that Jackie can back up her words, but what about Terry? How come? How about she comes out here right now and prove how tough she is? Well, PMS comes out, but Jackie lets Terry do, do this on her own. Ivory rips Terry's shirt off to reveal the puppies, but the lights go out as the ministry is here. Oh, well, Taker says he knows that man is watching with his daughter by his side, so wrap your arms around her and give her Taker's regards. Tonight, there will be a sacrifice in the form of a beautiful young woman who will be taken from her family and break her dad's heart. Vince is in the back with cops, but demands that Patterson goes find more security. He thinks he might have to give Taker what he wants, which Shane doesn't like. And then we get Al Snow versus Hardcore Holly. It's a non-title match, meaning it's under regular rules. Working Holly takes it down with Netbreaker. Not let it matter as the second snowplow is good enough for the pin on Hardcore. Well, here's a good example of what happens when you have gimmick characters. You take away the gimmick and there's no reason to care about either guy. Holly was just a regular guy here and Snow didn't get to do any of the insane stuff he used to get over. Nothing to see here at all. We get Steve Williams and Jim Ross and they run in to beat down Snow and Harker Holly. Well, Shane puts the smoking skull belt on the screen. And Leontay has the ministry hold Christian for a flogging due to him telling Sharrock where Stephanie was last week. And it's the New Age Outlaws versus Edge and Gangrel. The hot tag brings in Billy as everything breaks down. Christian hobbles down to the ring and gets sent into the ring for a fame sir, giving Billy the pin. Well, this was another mess. Gangrel was just there. And it's pretty annoying to see him take up a spot from a more talented guy. The Outlaws are still waiting. Uh, Rub won't hurt the brood at all. Well, Austin threatens to cost the McMahons a lot of money if they keep showing a smoking skull belt on the Titantron. We get a recap of the Stephanie kidnapping from last week. And then it's Ken Sharrock versus Viscera. Ken goes right at Viscera and is promptly thrown to the ground. A crossbody goes about as well as with Viscera falling on the top for two. Two... Shamrock comes back with kicks and an impressive belly-to-belly suplex. But there goes the lights and here comes the ministry for the no contest. Well, Shamrock is captured and beaten down with right hands and a Bradshaw powerbomb. Untaken Paul Bearer watching from the aisle like true evil mastermind should. Shamrock is dragged away through the crowd. Well, Shane won't let the corporation go after Shamrock because it could be a trap. Shamrock is thrown into a trunk and driven away. 
And our next match is Val Venus versus Mankind. Well, Jerry and Cole talk about some conspiracy about ESPN and ABC lying about WF in some story for the sake of pushing Monday Night Football. Mankind misses a charge and lands on the floor for a baseball slide for Val. The money shot is broken up and there's a claw only to have Venus fall off the top and out to the floor. Back in and a double arm DDT. So that's sort of Socko for the win. Well, this is the ultra-rare clean finish in the Attitude Era with Foley getting a relatively easy win over someone that had no business beating him. Oddly enough, that's something you don't see enough in today's rigidly structured WWE. The match was nothing special, but the fans were going nuts for Foley to make it better. Well, the lights flicker in Vince's office. And the Ministry has a huddle in the middle of the hallway. And then the Intercontinental title match is Godfather versus Goldust. Well, Goldie is defending, and the Godfather offers him the girls, but Goldust is too freaky, so Godfather opts to just beat him up instead. The champion comes back with a shoulder block before get before bailing to be near the girls. Back in, and the Godfather gets two of some elbow drops. Two. Before hitting the hoe train, only to be tripped up by the blue meanie. Goldust and Godfather brawl to a lame double count out to the collective disinterest of the audience. Well, Vince's lights flicker again before going out. A lot of shouting is heard and Stephanie screams. And here's the ministry dragging someone under a blanket and tying them to Undertaker's symbol. We cut to the back to see Stephanie with Vince and the sacrifice is... Ryan Shamrock. Undertaker promises to make Stephanie one of them due to the wishes of the higher power. Vince shouts into the camera for Undertaker to stay away from Stephanie. Well, up next is our main event. It's Triple H and The Rock versus Big Show. And Shane has come out here. And I'll tell you what, Vince has been distracted with Stephanie. And I think that's let Shane kind of get a little bit of a power trip in in, in my eyes. And I'm sure yours as well, Dan. Because he's come out here. He's looking like he rules a roost. He's told the corporation not to go after Shamrock early in the night because it might be a trap. Yeah, fair dues about that. But he's come out here with Triple H, kind of newest member. He's still using the DX entrance and everything like this. And The Rock is using the Oak and Skull belt. It, for, for me, it feels like complete disrespect to the, the baby faces at the moment, you know? Yeah, but, you know, you know ultimately that the baby face, i.e. Austin, is going to get the one-up at, at the end of the day. Yeah, well, this is the thing. And the Big Show's been put in this situation situation that he doesn't like because he decided against Vincent Mann and the corporation in himself anyway he didn't like the way it was going Shane McMahon doesn't think anybody should be bigger than a corporation there's no one bigger than a big show right now he's coming out to his world <laughs> yeah he's still kind of you know on his on screen graphic it's still the big show Paul White at the moment you know you go from what was happening to him in WCW to what he's being used as now you know here he's being used as a monster, despite there also being Kane, who's a monster, and Undertaker, who's a monster, who are... And at this time, they're laying, laying the kind of groundwork for what would happen in the next 20 years. You look at the impact these three guys have had, and at the moment in 99, you know, two of these guys hasn't been champion at the moment as well. So it's, it's really interesting to see, you know, how the differences was between the two companies. You know, we talk, we desperately want in WSW, you know, using younger guys. And here's WWF doing it. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. And Triple H is in there with a big show. It's not going well for him at the moment. But again, you know, this is a good rub for the big show. You know, win or lose, you're going up against Triple H, who's, what, a 13, 14-time WWE champion. A Rock, who's a multiple-time WWE champion. So, you know, whatever the big show does, he's still going to come off well. Yeah, without a doubt, you know. And back body dropped by tr- on Triple H. He must have been at least 8 foot in the air. At least 12 foot in the air. 
And the crowd just hot into everything they see at the moment as well, no matter what kind of character, what storyline. But you kind of, you know, we we was moaning about the NWO black and white, like their kind of shenanigans, where they're also, you know, always breaking up matches as soon as, like, the opposition gets one up on them. But I think, you know, the way that the corporation are doing it, they're doing it by stacking the odds against them from yeah. the off. And, and it's so weird as well. You talk about the storylines in uh, WWF, how much the Rock and Triple H, you know, hated each other, feuded with Nation and DX. And now in 1999, they're on the same side of the corporation. You know, it just just goes to show how weird it is seeing them tag in and actually talking yeah. to each other. And is it showing them actually pulling the strings as well? Indeed, yeah. But like, you know, you've got, the Rock, who was kind of who went from like a Nation member to kind of running it to you know being one of the high up members of the corporation, and you got Triple H, who kind of you know he was one of two founding members of DX to kind of turning his back on them, and then, you know being like the number two guy in the corporation. So you know these two guys, their stock has definitely risen. Right, and this is I think this is what matters as well, and everybody's got a kind of purpose. And a goal, you know, and maybe Shane McMahon, even himself, you know, thinks he could do something that his dad couldn't do and get one over on Stone Cold Steve Austin and all the good guys on the roster as well. As Triple H now finally, with the help of The Rock, trying to get the big show cornered. So we've heard Undertaker mentioning about this uh, higher power. Who were your initial thoughts of who this higher power could have been? Well, it'd be interesting, maybe someone like Jake the Snake Roberts or someone like that who had kind of control, who'd been looking, you know, in the back uh, and uh, trying to have a control of things. But who could control the Undertaker in a weird way? Who's more powerful than the dead man? At that point, it could have been, it literally, the, the thoughts that who could it have been? It, it, it's so a higher pile than the Undertaker, not Paul Bearer, you know? Literally, it could be anybody. But, you know, looking at it now, it is so clear of who it... In a way, but we'll see with the storyline at this moment in time, the Undertaker <laughs> is terrorising Vincent Mann and yeah. his family, and he's making him forget about the wrestling side of it and focusing on his, his personal life at the moment. I would never have guessed it was Hornswoggle, though. Never in a million years. As Big Show now knocking Triple H off the apron, who tagged in The Rock, and The Rock's in a bit of trouble, former champion. Yeah, China's coming into disqualification. Now you've got Triple H and The Rock with China and Shane. Please, I want to see him all beat the big show down so he goes into a ball and then he gets angry and pushes out. Well, the fans shouting Austin, but the smoking skull belt just gone across Big Show's head. And this is Shane McMahon sending a, a message, I guess, to anybody on the roster. If he takes the biggest man out... He's going to drop the corporate elbow on the Big Show's big ass. Oh, job done by the Rock. Oh, but the glass smashes and Austin walks out. Well, the crowd goes banana and the Rock's going to go meet Austin. And it's great again, you know, with Austin. <laughs> he's not been seen all show. Comes at the most vital, pivotal moment of it. Well, he did tell them earlier not to show the smoking skull belt. And I think he's had enough now. Dispatches of the Rock. Takes care of Triple H. And then we see a meeting of the minds in the middle of the ring. Stunner on Triple H. And now he's after the rock. He's got him in the corner and he's just stomping a mud hole and he's walking it dry. Fucking hell, Triple H got quick for the stunner, but Big Show's caught hold. Oh! <laughs> and a choke slam for Trips as well. 
as the rest of the corporation kind of retreat. Well, at the moment, I think they're showing who's the more important member as The Rock's getting out of here with that belt over his shoulder. And even China, it looks like to be protecting Shane rather than Triple H. And what a formidable team Austin and Big Show could be. Well, you know, the Big Show made his debut by attacking Austin and now they're working side by side. And it's thanks to Shane McMahon. Look at Austin getting the Big Show's face. Shalat, I didn't do this for you. I've done this for me. Smoking skull belt. And Shane now's got the microphone. Oh my God, Shane's putting that smoking skull belt on the... And Shane's saying he's going to leave it up for the rest of the night. And now Austin's got the chair. Well, Shane called... Uh, Austin called in the Big Show saying, look, come on. It's that goddamn kid, come here. You want revenge? And Austin calling him and saying, i got an idea. And he wants Big Show to pull on a Titantron, but surely... Don't call me Shirley. That's impossible. Well, we've seen Braun Strowman tipping over trucks nowadays. And the Big Show's trying to pull down that huge Titantron. Must weigh at least 500 pounds. At least 500 tons. It's moving. No. And he's pulling on it. It's going down. <laughs> oh, my God. The strength of him. And the Big Show pulling the Titantron all the way down. God, and Austin went underneath the screen. Fair play to the Big Show for doing that. And there's Austin with a blade, just ripping the shit out of the Titan Tron. Well, he did say to Shane, they would come back to him if he had that on the Titan Tron, and now Big Show's pulled it down. And these two men are going to share a beer. Again, I never thought I'd see that. The Big Show's <laughs> actually necking his beer. <laughs> and now Austin's got this big pole. Well, Austin wasn't going to have any in. Shredding that very valuable. Oh my god, the Titan Tron's in pieces. That is unbelievable stuff. I've got to say, that is one of my earliest uh, memories as well, watching Raw. Um, I absolutely love this moment because it's one of those things where, like you said, it's a stunt, but you're not expecting it. Like, you've just had the match, and then because you get the big show, you kind of think, oh my god, that's amazing. And then Austin kind of, like you said, Austin always gets one over on the McMahons, be it Shane or Vince. For me, it's just great storytelling. It just You want to see what's going to happen week in, week out, don't you? you know? Oh, most definitely, yeah. Absolutely brilliant episode of Raw, but we move on to our next episode. It's 3.07, and it's the 12th of April. Yes, we're from the Joe Lewis Arena in Michigan. We've got an attendance of 14,701. And we've got Michael Cole, Jerry Lawler and Jim Ross on commentary. Yeah, things are really picking up around here as the ministry is growing out of control and threatening both Vince and his daughter. Last week, Ryan Shamrock sacrificed to take his higher power with a promise of Stephanie being next. Austin is being pulled into the story as well, making things all the more interesting. Let's get to it. Well, Stephanie and Vince are in the back. And why does she keep coming to these shows? <laughs> Vince tells her that it's okay and to just relax and enjoy the show. And we get our opening sequence and Jarrell's back in commentary with no explanation of him getting his job back. Well, here's the corporation led by Shane to open things up. And JR says Shane has a major announcement. Major, major announcement. announcement. For us tonight. Well, Shane brags about how awesome the corporation is before introducing the newest members, Rodney and Pete Gass. Remember them? Yep. No, neither do I. Main Street Posse. Shamrock grabs the mic and demands an explanation for where the corporation was last week. Adapted and Ryan was kidnapped. Shane says it's all down. This is all about the Undertaker and asks Stephanie to come down here. Vince says okay, but he and the security are coming too. Well, the other mans and the Stooges hit the ring with Vince wanting to know what Shane's game is. 
Shane tells Vince that he's focused his entire round, world around his little girl while throwing Shane at the, and the corporation to the side. Vince has put Jim Ross in commentary when JR can barely speak. Shane would fire JR right now, but Michael Cole much. Shane says the corporation is about youth, so it's time to it's time for someone to be fired 30 years too late. Well, Patterson and Briscoe are both fired, so Vince accuses Shane of being on a power trip. Vince says he and Stephanie are going home, but Shane isn't done yet. And I think Shane's got a point here, saying that Vince, you know, think how maniacal Vince has been this past couple of years, and it's all gone by the wayside. He's been very ruthless, but, you know, he's, he's, nothing's been achieved from it. But, you know, Shane has got himself a ragtag mob. He's got Triple H, The Rock, Bossman, Test, Rodney, and now Pete Gass as well. Oh, and Shane grabbing Vince. <laughs> I love Vince's reactions as well. Yeah, you have to earn it with respect. Oh! Shane slaps his dad. <laughs> oh! And look at the face turn of Vince McMahon. Well, the corporation can't believe it either. Look how upset Stephanie is. I never thought I'd see this with Shane and Vince. They look so similar from their side <laughs> profiles as well. You can definitely tell their father and son. Not that that was ever in doubt. No, exactly. Yeah, we never questioned that. They've all got the man bumching. Triple H is in the back laughing. And Shamrock there is not happy either. Because you know what happened to him with the ministry these past couple of weeks. Well, Shane's saying, tuck your tail between your legs and go home. Daddy's little girl. Oh, no. Shane telling Vince he's not his father anymore. I was looking at these security officers, seeing if, seeing if I recognise them. <laughs> Bobby Roode there, is he? Well, Vince can't believe what Shane just said. And what a shocking moment here for the McMahon family. I mean, they're trying to battle against Austin and the Big Show and the Ministry, and now they've got cracks forming in themselves as well. And it looks like Shamrock's having a go at Shane. Well, at least someone's standing up. Everybody else is smirking. No, James, no one's smirking. They've just got smiles on their faces because they know the younger mentality is going to be taking over. As Ken Shamrock tells Shane O'Mac he's number one and walks out. Oh, Shane's saying to Shamrock, you want to walk out the corporation? And Shamrock tells him. Well, Shane's power trip continues here. And the corporation here, but Vincent Mann is no longer his father. And how are things going to continue with that? Well, could Shane be in the running for being the higher power? At the moment, it's anybody's guess. A post-break, Vince thanks Shamrock for escorting Stephanie out. The Rock goes out for some fresh air as Shane has a meeting with the corporation. And the women's title is Sable versus Tory versus Jacqueline versus Ivory. Sable is defending and flanked by Nicole Bass. Jackie gets in Sable's face before the bell, so Bass chokeslams her down with ease. Tory gets slammed and Ivory gets chokeslammed off the middle rope. With no one left in the ring, Sable stops to dance. The bell still hasn't rung yet, and that's okay, and that's it. Okay then. Well, with Bastin in the ring, there go the lights, and here come the ministry. Actually, it's just their music with Untaker on the screen saying another innocent victim will be sacrificed tonight. And here's Austin, having just arrived 30 minutes into the show. He's also got the regular WWF title bout with him after giving it back to Vince two weeks ago. He's glad The Rock went out to get some fresh air because what happened at WrestleMania is nothing compared to what The Rock has to go through at Backlash. As for special guest referee Shane, he better enjoy disrespecting Vince while he can because Austin will rip him apart. And back to The Rock. He better come out here and give up the title to Austin before Austin drags him out here to take it from him. Well, The Rock pops up on the screen with a smoking skull belt while standing on a bridge. 
about a year and a half ago, Austin threw rocks in the Canuck title for Bridges Well, but that's not what the Rock is going to do tonight. If Austin is some kind of big game hunter, come hunt the Brahma ball and get your belt back. And Mankind is looking for the boiler room and talks about playing hockey without snow. And our next match is Big Show versus Christian. I don't see this match lasting long. The Big Show has his signature music, I believe, for the second time ever. Before the pops up on screen and tells Gangrel and Edge to leave. Tonight, Christian has to prove his worth on his own. Christian tries right hands and is easily thrown into the corner for a loud chop. The choke slam ends this in a little over a minute. Well, Mankind said he's ready for a boiler room brawl with Big Show in 13 days. And Shane sends out the Mean Street posse to the boiler room to take out Mankind. And The Rock is still waiting on the bridge. Rodney and Pete Gas head for the boiler room. And our next match is Billy Gunn versus Val Venus. There's a feeling out process to start until Val takes him into the corner for some kicks to the ribs. Things speed up for a few moments until Venus catches him in a spine buster for two. Two. Off to the wrist lock and there's the grind from Val. Billy comes right back with a DDT and some grinding of his own before the cover. A stinger splash crushes Val but he comes back with a hot shot to drop Billy face first onto the buckle. Billy gets low bridge to the floor and here come Jeff Jarrett, that's J-E-F-F-J-A-R-R-E-T and Owen Hart to beat him down for the DQ. This is much better than I was expecting here, but the ending didn't help anything. Both guys were moving very fast out there and it made for an entertaining match. When Billy was stayed in the mid-card and not being pushed is a big deal, I could always tolerate him much easier. Venus was his usual smooth self. Well, Venus goes after Owen and Jeff for costing him a match and Road Dog comes out to help as well. Deborah has eyes for Val, but Jeff pulls her away. And this would be the start of a very bizarre story. Well, we go to Doc Hendricks for the WF update. This is just a quick rundown of the major matches. Major, major matches. matches. We're a short promo for Mankind about protecting Big Show behind it in the boiler room until backlash. This takes like three minutes and tells you everything you need to know about the show. Simple, efficient, and completely lacking the WE app nonsense. Well, Mankind easily dispatches the posse, saying he doesn't like their haircuts. And then we get Jeff Jarrett, which is J-E-F-F-J-A-R-R-E-T-T, and Owen Hart. But... Owen bails to the floor, leaving Jarrett to get destroyed by both big men. Farouk pounds on Jarrett to start before bringing in Bradshaw to keep up the punishment. Off to Owen with a spinning heel kick, but here's the ministry after a little over a minute for the DQ. Oh my god, well, cue the Untaker here, and he's grabbing Deborah by the Since he can't have Stephanie tonight, Deborah is going to be the sacrifice. Well, I don't see, I think I've seen a darker Undertaker. But here comes Sharon with a baseball bat, and the Ministry has left the ring apart from the Untaker. Well, Undertaker says, If you hit me, you never see your sister again. And as Shamrock looks to hit Undertaker with a baseball bat, it gets grabbed. Undertaker Scarpers out of there as Shamrock takes out all the rest of the members of the corporate uh, of the ministry out. Well, the Undertaker said that Ryan Shamrock, which sent Ken into a frenzy, and not only is he quit the corporation tonight, but he's faced down every member of the ministry as well. And now he's going after Ryan Shamrock. She's in the boiler room, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> and the Undertaker's certainly taken a turn for the darkness. That is so weird. And we see the rock again waiting at the bridge for Stone Cold. And I'm sure we'll be there by the end of the night. Well, we've got an intercontinental title match. It's Goldust versus the Big Bossman. And Goldust is defending here. But here are Gold... <coughs> it's an intercontinental title match. And it's Goldust versus the Big Bossman. 
Goldust is defending here, but here's the Godfather and the girls before the bell. Godfather says his match with Goldust last week didn't solve anything, so he wants a rematch. Therefore, he's willing to offer Boss Man any of his women in exchange for a shot at Goldust. Well, the boss man ups the ante by saying he wants all five and show him some hot time. And Godfather says, deal, and we have a new challenger for the Intercontinental title. When when title shots were exchanged for women, Dan, eh? You know you're in the prime of the <laughs> WWF. You, you don't get none of that nowadays, which is a damn shame. Well, boss man's walking off for all five, and what a deal that is. What would you rather have, Dan? Five women or an Intercontinental title shot? I wouldn't change it for an Intercontinental title shot. I would want that in gold. I was going to attack early for Godfather. And, of course, he won it the night after WrestleMania. And gold us now right hand, showing a more aggressive nature. And now the fans, not sure if they can cheer for Godfather because there's no hose left at ringside. Well, the best thing about the Godfather is leaving with the bossman. <laughs> <clears throat> well, an attempted back body drop there. And Godfather now, who's completely switched from the nation... He's completely changed into the Godfather now. And it's been a gradual transition, didn't it? It didn't just happen one week. It took, yeah. you know, man, we saw him with a cigar, then the hat. Well, we see him, you know, he was kind of te- teaming with D'Lo as well. And we saw that kind of little bit of a change, but now he's got the kind of uh, the vest that we know about. The uh, the hoe train is open. But gold, gold Dust is trying to shut it down at the moment. He sends Godfather to the outside. There's Blue Dust. I don't know where he's gone at the moment. Well, Ryan Shamrock obviously uh, is a bit of trouble at his phone in time. And I guess Blue Meanie's done it one too many times around Goldust. And Goldust throwing Godfather in. Working over Goldust. Uh, working over Godfather. We're backed into a corner and the Godfather's fighting back. But a rake to the eyes kind of halts his progress. As he gets Irish whipped to the opposite corner by Goldust. And again, Goldust is a, a very hugely kind of overlooked character during this era as well. He's very entertaining. His character is on point. You know, it's for someone who's kind of made this whole Godfather gimmick work. You know, up until last year, he was kind of quite a predominant role in WWE. You know, for 20 years, keeping the same exact same thing going on, you know, upgrading it and changing it about all the time and that. You know, it is... Very, uh, you know, it's progressive of him. I think without a shadow of a doubt, you know, look at the impact Goldust has. A lot of people say, you know, the Intercontinental title at this point lost its luster, but it still meant a lot in WWE as Godfather now setting Goldust up. Hits the hoe train. Now Goldust a bit jolly. Here comes Godfather again. Oh, but Goldust managing with his last ounce of breath to kind of topple uh, Godfather over the top rope to the outside. And now Goldust is exposing the corner turnbuckle. Well, Jimmy Corderas can't see that. He's counting that Godfather. Goldust is playing possum here. Hello, possums! Now Godfather's going to pick up Goldust, but of course he's biding his time. And a roll-up from Goldust. Oh, only gets the two count. Two. Goldust with right hands. Now he's going to look to send Godfather in the corner. Godfather reverses it. Sends Goldust into that corner. With the, un- the exposed turnbuckle. And now picking up Goldust. And a Death Valley driver going for the cover. That's more of an FU. Well, it's an FU to Goldust because Godfather's just become the new Intercontinental Champion. And was it worth <laughs> I think it was for him now. The boyhood dream has come true for this pimp here tonight. 
The L- pimp is champ. Uh, light a fatty for this pimp daddy. And look, the hose are coming back down. Boss band's finished with him already. That was quick. And now, we've got a champ, new champion. What are your thoughts on the Intercontinental title and that title change? I, I think it's, it's quite good, you know. Uh, it certainly plays into the Godfather kind of character. You know, he's swapped for his chance and the hose have come back to him. They have. They're like boomerangs. They always come back to you. Well, we move on after that lovely moment and uh, Mankind has Ryan Shamrock and hands her safely over to Ken in the boiler room. So lucky Mankind got there before anyone else did. We get the I cheer for them promo with a bunch of legends talking about how things were back then, but how they're now fans of the modern product. It's really cool looking and makes today look awesome while respecting the past. It's quite a nice touch, actually. When the Ministry jumps Mankind and Shamrock, Ken is knocked out with some ether as Ryan screams. The Ministry takes Ken away as the Undertaker blames Ryan for what happens. Al Snow's at ringside for the next match and has put King's crown on head. And it's a hardcore title match. It's Hardcore Holly versus Dilo Brown. And Snow gets the winner at Backlash. Well, Brown comes back in with a chair to lay out Snow, but Al pulls... Holly off the table, sending Brown crashing through it, giving Hardcore the pin. Well, it's quite a messy match here, but it continues the story, and here's the lesson to learn from this match. Anything as st- even as stupid as a Hardcore title can be made interesting if you give it a story. Snow only wants to beat Holly for the title, so he's protecting him until Backlash. It's not a great story, and it's not an important title, but it makes things better here. Then here's the champion, here's the challenger, Here's the match. And it didn't take much effort at all. Undertaker says not, uh, the Undertaker says he's not out of touch with reality, but rather just being himself. Ken Shamrock is tied to what looks like the Undertaker symbol and is being promised unimaginable pain. Well, The Rock is very impatient, but has a fishing pole to see what he can catch. <laughs> and Shamrock looks like he's going to go... Uh, looks like Shamrock's going to be crucified. Ah, oh, what the... F- no, there we go. Shamrock is on the Undertaker symbol. I can't believe we're going to see this. Shamrock's in ceremonial robes as well. And the satanic untaker has been sacrificing everybody in his way to get to Stephanie. And look at Edge and all the ministry looking on. But Untaker's picked up Christian. Well, he flogged him last week, but just thrown him down. And I think Shamrock's just woken up. And he's telling Gangrel and Edge ball. Looks like the brew's going to split up here. We're going to see double crucifixion. Well, Midian and Viscera have been told to tie him down. But Edge and, Christi- uh, Edge and Gangrel are stopping Christian, the brood member, from doing it. And the Acolytes come to help and uh, they want to see Christian sacrificed as Ken Shamrock's kind of <laughs> releasing himself. And Go on, Ken. In this melee, he's kind of escaping. And here comes Mankind to help out. And Shamrock is fighting with the Ministry now, along with Mankind and the brood. And Christian finally gets up and starts attacking... <laughs> Viscera. And it is all breaking down here between the Ministry and the Untaker just watching on in the background. And you hear the Fotaker doing. You see the smoke. And wait a minute, the Untaker is disappearing into hell. Where's he going? Well, as the Ministry fight, the Undertaker is getting out of harm's way. Is that the reverse Mysterio? Oh my god, it looks that way. Well, what an exciting time. It's like the brood decided they don't want to be part of the Ministry of Darkness anymore. Uh, and Shamrock getting one, getting away again. Like I said, the face is kind of getting out on top. But we're still not finished here because we've still got the main event. And it's going to be the Corporation of Triple H and Test 
versus X Buck and Kane for the tag team titles. Test, test. That is test. So this ragtag team of X Buck and Kane going to go against another kind of team pushed together. I know they're part of the corporation, but not sure Test and Triple H have teamed up that many times. But look at bring gold back to the corporation. Indeed, yes. And uh, well, Kane's starting this match. I don't think he intended to, but he was kind of uh, ushered in by China and Triple H attacks him from behind. And you talk about the history between these two men as well with uh, China by Kane's side betraying him at WrestleMania. There's still a, a lot of bad blood there. And of course, Triple H got eyes on x because of the uh, dissolution of DX. Well, Kane did shoot China in the eye. He did, but again, he thought that China had... Uh, had gone by his side, but he was uh, just pl- get played the game, I suppose. <laughs> and now Kane with the uppercut. Upper what? On Test and rocking him in the ring. And Test, he's, you know, he's supposed to be another big man. Exactly. Bodyguard for Motley Crue, but now getting caught with a leg drop by Kane. The next part, not scared to be in there, even though he's the smallest man again. And I take it, is X-Puck still part of DX? Yeah, DX still going with the Outlaws and X-Puck. As Tess with an impressive drop kick there. But X Buck's more focused with Kane at the moment. Like I said, tag team titles thrust upon him and Kane and it had no effect on him by Test. X Buck trying to explain what a tag team match is, but it gets caught with a right hand by Test. Irish Rip X Puck dodges a clothesline, hits a spinning heel kick though on Test. Oh, second time round, Test catches it, but X Puck follows up with his left foot, kicks Test in the head. Knocks Triple H off the apron, but runs into a big boot from Test. And you heard a big pop there from the crowd when X-Puck went to Triple H. Now Trips gets the tag in. It's after X-Puck's been worn down a little bit as well. He's basically picking the pieces at the moment. And now Triple H just with the boots to X-Puck, constant assault. As referee's back's turned, China clocks X-Puck with a huge right hand. Triple H with a cover, but only a two count. Two... Now Triple H tags in Tess, a double team on X-Puck. Gut-wrench powerbomb from Test, goes for the cover. Two, no, X-Puck managing to kick out. Oh. Now Triple H gets a tag, just attacking X-Puck, but X-Puck's not giving up. So it's quite funny to see uh, Triple H and Tess teaming up, knowing what's going to happen in their future over Stephanie McMahon. Well, I doubt, you know, <laughs> and when you think factor in the f- uh, future or the past, with X-Buck and Triple H and how linked they are, and even with Triple H and Kane as well with the storylines. Again, it's this young talent, you know, trying to build them along. I do think they missed a, a trick with Tess, though, but I think we'll get onto that as, you know, kind of like you said, as we watch it. But Kane now just watching stoically on. As, uh, yeah, Triple H wears down former partner, X-Pac. But again, you know, it's another two guys that have been thrown together going against two guys who are defending the tag team titles and China just watching on that cunt stuff now well Hebner checking the arm it goes down once and twice but will it go down a third no X-Pac managing to fight back he's down but he's not out elbows to the midsection finally breaks Triple H's hold he grabs hold of the hair from X-Pac and just drags him down to the mat X-Pac ducks Triple H catches him with a spinning heel kick can he get across to tag in the big red machine? What a huge shot that was. And it's the first chance in a while. Back trying to will himself over to his corner. And Triple H gets the tag to test. And Kane finally puts his hand out for a tag as well. 
And both the big men are in. Kane but, running over Test. But that's the little things in each match as well, doesn't it? You know, you can tell the the difference week in, week out. And Kane stacking up Triple H and Test in the corner. And Kane's a one-man wrecking crew at the moment. Takes Triple H out the ring. X-Pac runs in with a Bronco Buster on Test. And Test trying to get out of harm's way now. And Triple H saying, looks like you want me. I'll have Test instead. And he throws Test in. Test not happy. Trying to get out of harm's way. As Kane sets up Test for a tombstone. Oh! Plants him into the canvas. One, two, three. Well, there's no doubt about it. Kane and X-Pac actually make quite a good tag team, but Triple H lives to fight another day. And again, another corporation member just kind of thrown to the walls there with Test. What are your thoughts down on that match? Well, I think it's good, you know. It's definitely... Uh... A feel-good moment, you know. Finally, someone's getting a bit over on the corporation and uh, you see there's kind of uh, a few little cracks forming as well. Mm. You know, as uh, Triple H sacrificed Test and we see Kane and X-Pac now going after Triple H and China. And Triple H gets saved as well, doesn't get pinned, it's Test. And now we go to the Rock on the Bridge. And he delves into his fanny pack. Check his uh, pager. And the rock's ready. Ken Shamrock's music hits. Well, we've seen Shamrock a lot tonight, but he's not finished yet. Well, he's nearly crucified early. He's left the corporation. It's been a very eventful night for our Ken Shamrock. Did he just call the Undertaker Mark? He did just call the Undertaker Mark. He said the Undertaker's been avoiding him all night, but he knows he can hear him. Well, Shamrock's saying to the Undertaker, I'm right here. Come and get me. And as Shamrock drops the mic, the lights go out. Shamrock might get exactly what he wanted. And the Undertaker appears in the ring behind him and just drops Shamrock with a huge right hand. Gets a top mount and just starts wailing away at his face. But Shamrock turns it around. <laughs> starts punching away at the Undertaker. Well, he's the world's most dangerous man. But now he's got the rest of the ministry. And the number's just too much with Vista and Midian and the Acolytes. Shamrock trying to fight him off, bless him. But he's uh, a lot smaller than all of these five guys. And you can hear Shamrock scream and Fruit just with the right hands now. Will the Brood and Mick Foley come out to help, though? No. <laughs> no, it doesn't look like that way at the moment. Oh, look, Shamrock. Oh, no. Here comes Triple H and the big boss man dragging Shamrock out of there. I mean, why are they doing that I thought Shamrock left the corporation well these are the questions that are asked at the moment isn't it you know why Triple H your boss man stopping Untaker forgetting him maybe he wants Shamrock back in corporation nope nope <laughs> you, you're answered, you've been answered there well big boss man and uh, Triple H are going to show him some hot time well the night's sticking here comes Shamrock looking at the action and smirking no, James, he hasn't got a cigarette on his gob. He's just got a smile on his face because you leave the corporation, you pay for it. And the ministry watching on this assault. It's not been a great night for Shamrock. Well, Shamrock getting beaten up now with a nightstick. And that is it. And then we see the rock on the bridge and he said, that's time now. He's going to throw the belt in. As we hear tyre screeching and a vehicle pulls up. 
Austin with the right hands, but Rock with a poke to the eye. Hits Austin with the fishing rod. Oh, an Austin image. <laughs> and Austin's been knocked into the river. Well, you want your boat, you can take it to hell. And the rock throws that into the river and Austin gone as well. What the hell is going on here, Dan? What are your thoughts? <laughs> I want to see what happens next week. <laughs> well, I can't believe the rock would get one over on Austin, but the rock had it all planned out and it's a bit of revenge for what happened a year and a half ago. Anyway, we move on to episode 308, our last episode of Raw on this episode, and it's April 19th, 1999. We're at the Van Andel Arena, Grand Rapids, Michigan. We've got 10,671 in attendance, and it is just Jerry Lawler and Jim Ross in commentary. Well, it's the go-home show for Backlash, and the main story is the ministry being totally out of control. The corporation is fighting them as well as they can, but there's just too much going on for them to do too much good. Other than that, we get the fallout from Rock throwing both Austin and the title belt into the river last week. So, James, let's get to it. Well, we open with a recap of the Smoking Skull belt being introduced and then thrown into the river last week with Austin following it into the water. Well, the Rock drives a hearse into the arena because he buried the title last week. This week's is going to be a funeral with Rock delivering the eulogy. We even have a casket, flowers and a big mound of dirt. Rock climbs onto the mound while guaranteeing to show that he's the best champion ever on Sunday. Simple stuff here, but on a big stage. Yeah, I mean, honestly, when I first saw this, I thought the Rock was stealing the Undertaker's gimmick with the Barry Lyle. I was so upset as a child until I realised what was actually going on with storylines. Get on to that in a bit. Vince and Stephanie will do a sit-down interview in Connecticut tonight, so Vince is checking with security to make sure Stephanie is safe. Road Dog versus Owen Hart is our first match of the night, and there's no ramp this week due to the grave taking up so much space. Before the match, Road Dog says that the Outlaws are number one contenders, but if he loses tonight, Owen and Jeff Jarrett, that's J E double F J A double R E double T, are the number one contenders. So no questions asked. However, if Dog wins, the well gets to see Deborah's puppies. That's the first time that term was ever used in the WWF, so. There's a historical moment for you. Thanks, Dan. Thanks for that. Well, Owen jumps dog to start as Jerry is now a huge roadie fan. Owen drops a, mis- a middle rope elbow, but Road Dog kicks out the sharpshooter and it hits the pump handle slam for the pin, send- uh-huh. sending Lawyer into orbit. Well, this was just about the post-match stuff and introducing one of the longest-running jokes in WWF history to the lexicon. The tag match on Sunday was the more important story anyway, but this is the far most historic. It says a lot that Owen and Jarrett were one of the top teams in the division. Well, Jeff Jarrett prevents the unveiling, unfortunately. Undertaker sends the Acolytes out to take care of the Brood. And the Rock is practising his eulogy. So our next match is the Brood versus the Acolytes. Yeah, Christian is the odd man out here. It's the Brood to start with the power guys, easily taken over to start. Farouk works on the back as Lawler's voice sounds like it's crackling. Gangrel finally gets over for a tag, but Bradshaw takes Edge's head off before he can get going. The double powerbomb lays out Edge, but Shamrock runs in with a baseball bat to knock Bradshaw silly for the disqualification. Well, not much better than the opener, but had more time and the teams knew how to work a decent match. Neither team would do anything for a while, but once Edge and Christian took off, they never really looked back. The main event war continues to devour the entire company. Well, The Undertaker is livid at the Acolytes for not getting a pin. And there's a new special coming. It's called... Smackdown? That, that'll never take Smackdown. off. No, I don't that, think No, so. no. I just can't see it. 
Well, during the break, Undertaker and Viscera beat the tar out of Farouk and Bradshaw. Well, it's the Intercontinental title on the line. It's Godfather versus Hardcore Hully, and it's only his title on the line. Well, a hockey stick over Godfather's back has him in even more trouble, but Godfather kicks a chair into Holly's face. Goldust comes out and breaks up Godfather's cover, but Snow lays Holly out with head to give Godfather the pin. It's a three-minute and five-second match, complete with a ref bump, four weapons and two run-ins. I have no idea why the match needed all this stuff. It works once in a while, but when it happens all the time, the effect does wear off. Well, The Undertaker's on the phone with Midian and tells him not to fail. And The Rock is having his shoes shined and promises to bury Austin tonight. Is he going to shine it up real good, turn that son bitch sideways and shove it straight up his candy ass? He um, might. We'll find out later. <laughs> and our next match is Ken Shamrock versus The Big Bossman. This is no holes barred due to Bossman attacking Shamrock last week to kick him out of the corporation. Though Shamrock is still loyal to Vince, the rule starts and in control. Bossman is sent into the steps and into the ring for the opening bell. Shamrock kicks Bossman in the head and they slug it out until an enziguri, it hit Ken's shoulder, puts Shamrock down. A much better pair of spinebusters gets three straight two counts. Two. Three of them. Two. Two. And a powerbomb gets one more. Two. Bossman hammers away even more, but Ken grabs a hurricane runner and belly to belly out of no... And a belly to belly for the pin. Well, the gimmick brings this down as there was no reason for this to be no holes barred at all. If nothing else, it makes future matches with the same gimmick look stupid, as the fans will say, the last one sucks, so why should I care about this one? As a regular match, it wasn't much to see either. The Undertaker immediately pops up and says he knows where Ryan Shamrock is, even knowing her room number, and Ken runs to the back. The Mean Street Posse come out for commentary for the next match. And it is Mankind versus Triple H. Well, some right hands of Mankind have Triple H in early trouble, but China pulls Mankind down by the tie and hits him in the face. The pedigree is countered, but Triple H blocks the catapult attempts and Mankind falls headfirst onto his crutch. Socko's loaded up, but China crutches Mankind against the post for a DQ. Well, this is a better match, but still not saying much. And these guys were capable of having some classics, but they need more six minutes of a random roar in the middle of April. The DQ screw finishes are getting really annoying tonight, which says a lot given what we usually have to sit through on this show. And post-match, the corporation comes to attack Mankind, but the Big Show makes a save. He hits a huge choke slam on Test to send everyone running. Mankind grabs the mic and says, thank you very much, but they're still meet in his boiler room on Sunday. And the Rockers on the phone in the parking lot and says his car cost forty, at least $40,000. At least $50,000. And our next match is Billy Gunn versus Jeff Jarrett. That's B I double L Y G U double L. It's the other one. It's the other one. Oh, sorry. J E double F J A double R E double T. Well, Road Dog helps his partner out with a right hand, but Billy and Jeff hit uh, hit head. Road Dog helps his partner out with a right hand, but Billy and Jeff hit heads to knock each other down. Jarrett's already annoyed at the puppy jokes as Billy nails a netbreaker, but Deborah unbuttons her top to show off her bra. Billy simply drops his tights and hits a famous on Jarrett, but Owen comes in for the DQ. The matches have just been awful tonight. The tag matches make sense for Sunday, but I don't see the point in having one matches. The puppy stuff will dominate anything to do with women for about the next three years, much to JR's annoyances. And Deborah takes off a jacket, but Jeff covers her bra with a guitar. And The Rock won't give an interview to WWF.com and tells the interviewer to get him some fruit. And up next is Viscera versus The Big Show. Well, we'll say it's a no contest here after the usual battle of this huge men match. 
Or the Undertaker, Paul Bearer come to the ring and get the real stare down with Big Show. And then they start slugging it out and both try choke slams, but Vistva gets back up for a double team. Big Show still won't go down, but the Undertaker punched him onto one knee. Mankind comes out to even things up, but the Undertaker leaves Vistva alone. Big Show super kicks Vistva to the floor. Do you know, it really is amazing how much bigger Show is than Vistva, who is a massive man. Well, we look at Shane taking over the corporation last week. And then Vince and Stephanie are in Connecticut for a sit-down interview with Michael Cole. Vince says he's always been proud of Shane, but he wasn't always there for him. Shane missed a lot as well because Vince wasn't there, but Vince wasn't proud last week. Stephanie can't believe what Shane has done recently, but knows the only person that can keep her safe is Triple H. Uh, is Vince. <laughs> I see what you did there. Well, security interrupts the interview and says something is going on in the parking lot. Vince tells the guards to stay there with Stephanie and goes after whoever is in the parking lot. It turns out to be Midian and Vince beats the tar out of him with his own car. Midian escapes and gets into the car as we go to a break. Well, here's Val Venus to say he solves the Y2K problem. All the ladies have to do is add a few extra bytes of RAM from his hard drive and everything will be fine. This brings out Sable who says that's nice but she's got bigger news. In two weeks she'll be shooting her second Playboy pictorial. And that's why women were objectified in that era. Well, this brings out Ivy and D'Lo, and the double ball is on for no apparent reason. Now, Sable's bodyguard, Nicole Bass, comes out to destroy Ivory with a choke slam, and Val seems to have eyes for Sable. Well, it's time for The Rock to deliver the eulogy for Austin. Rock sets the tone with dearly trailer park trash. Oh, we could be in for a good one here. Rock isn't sure if a Rudy Pooh like Steve Austin will fit in a casket before we get to the real point of this. So we've heard the Rock referencing how much his vehicle cost. Does that mean it's going to get crushed by Austin I... in a huge, bigger truck, monster trucks? So? I cannot confirm or deny. Well, the Rock's going through the speech at the moment. Lovely little picture of Austin he's got. This could be the end of the rattlesnake down, all right? And now he said he's got something else. <gasps> no! That's so... He's got the smoke and skull belt. He didn't throw it into the river. What did he throw into the river, then? I guess another title belt. He lulled Austin there to get one over. And the Rock's saying he's going to bury that belt six feet. I'm very confident about backlash this Sunday. But what's that sound? Sounds like a huge V12 engine revving up. And it's Austin in a monster truck. Oh my god, Dan, you were right. And Austin getting out of the vehicle. So Austin asking a guy, is that the Rock's car? He goes, yeah, it's brand new and the keys are in it. Well done, mate. And Austin getting in the car now. And Austin's come here to steal the Rock's car. That is disgraceful. No, he's not. He was just pretending. He was just putting the willies up the rocks. Well, he's left the car now. And he's looking at his Rock's car and his monster truck. I think the Rock already anticipates what's going to happen. Well, he's looking on with Austin smoking his gold belt. He brought this on himself. No, Austin, don't do it. Oh. oh. Now, I see. He thought he was going to do it. He's not. Oh. And now Austin reversing the monster truck. He's got it in his sights this time. Oh! Oh dear. Oh my Christ. He just drove over it. He's just completely destroyed that car. That Lincoln Continental's rocks. 
brand new. At least forty thousand dollars. At least forty five thousand dollars. Oh, not again! <laughs> oh my <laughs> god! Well, it's a bit of a cow. And I don't think Austin's finished there. Where is he going? Just breaking through the curtains. He's coming out here. Oh, you can hear the crowd cheering as Austin revs it up. Austin here, he's got a beer. He's toasting the rock. Well, the rock got one up on Austin last week. Oh, no. Nope. He's going to drive over the hearst. Well, the rock drove the hearst in. Austin, you need to lock the differentials. Austin you'll giving... You'll get more grip going over there. He's giving him the finger. And now he's getting it off. He's going to chase down the rock. Ducks underneath the rock who attempts to hit him with a title belt. And these two men going toe-to-toe now. As Austin throws Rock into barricade. Twice. Man, Austin has snapped here trying to get the Rock. <laughs> throws him into that hearse. And throws him into the massive tyre. And then clotheslined. Well, he usually didn't go as planned for the Rock. The Rock just being thrown around and now set up to the mound. Where the grave is. Austin's got the Smoky Skull belt. Hits the rock over the head and sends him into the grave. And is this what we'll be Nash? And Austin getting his beer. Austin has got revenge on the rock. And he's got his title belt back. And he's toasting his homie in the grave. And Austin is ready. And is this the scene Sunday at Backlash with Austin with a title? Toasting his belt. A neck and two beers at once. As Shane O'Mac from behind with a shovel. <laughs> oh my God. And you can hear the booze, the new leader of the corporation. As Shane holds the smoking skull belt above his head. And he will be the referee for the main event at Backlash. Rock vs. Austin. Is this what we're going to see there? Shane McMahon holding the title. My God. God, what an interesting end to Raw. And again, well, another one of my favourite moments there with um, Rock and Austin into the great. I mean, just tell... Well, you know, Rock and Austin is probably one of the best stories throughout wrestling. You know, the times that they come together, they've got such great chemistry with each other. Both of them, you know, they work really well against each other as well, you know, off of each other. And it is absolutely perfect, you know, and especially like coming for, going for the WWF title as well. It is just... One of the greatest WWF stories going. Well, and what helps every week as well is that you're getting a stunt or you're getting a moment to keep you in tune as well as the storylines continuing on. Like the Big Show putting down the Titan Tron or even with that, you know, with the big setup with the, the, the Bears Alive thing and the monster trucks. You know, it doesn't, it was happening every week and that's what made it so good as well. You weren't sure what you're actually going to see. Uh, so that is it. Our next podcast is WWE Backlash and we'll have one Raw, one Nitro and one Smackdown. What? What is this Smackdown you're talking I, I, I don't get this concept. We'll find out what it's all about in the next episode, but that's it till now. Don't forget you can follow us on Twitter at WWE Network Review or at Vince McDan, WWE. I'm at J underscore Rollins. Of course, Instagram, the WNR podcast. We're on Facebook. Yes, Facebook. Come and find our page and give us a like with a WWE Network Review podcast. And come and find me and add me as a friend. I am Vince McDan. Across all the Google platforms, the WNR podcast. Fuck. 
me. Across all the Google platforms, send us an email, double on podcast at gmail.com. We're on YouTube, WB Net Review Podcast. Subscribe to our channel. A podcast go up on YouTube. They do other places like SoundCloud. On your phone. We're on Speaker Radio. We've got a live show, Stitch Radio and iTunes. We can download, subscribe, rate and review there. But that is it. Like I say, we'll no. bring you... Not only that, well, if you want to find links to all our sites and pages and oh. everything, we've also got the WNRpodcast.com. You can go there. It's under construction at the moment. James has promised me that he's going to have it done by SummerSlam. And, but at the moment, you can go on there and you can find links to our Instagram, Facebook and Twitter accounts there. So that is it. I have been James Rollins and as always, always joined by... Dan White. Thanks for this, everybody. And bye. Bye. <laughs>